Welcome to the Recipe's podcast. Charlie's got a nice grin on her face. <laughs> Is that an awkward opening? Joe's got a. Um, what happened, Joe? Break it, it down. Was just for a few me. seconds of silence. Yeah, it took oh, a while okay. for you to be unmuted, and then the fact that Manny is. <laughs> well, Manny. It was yeah, a little weird. He threw, like. threw me off a little no. bit. He threw me off. He threw me off. But yeah, the, uh, the mute the mute delayed us a little bit. But uh, yeah, welcome to the Rest of Puris podcast, hosted by myself. Manny the Hooper, Charlie, Joe Hulbert, the usual cast. Today we're going to be getting into uh, the big story that dropped not that long ago, Kota Ibushi, AEW. There's finally been some movement on that front, it seems. Quite significant movement. Uh, and of course, we're going to do our usual first, I think, of reviewing Dynamite, like the, uh, the expert panel that we are. Uh, first things first, please like, subscribe. Send super chats if you're feeling generous. Please turn on post notifications. It is always, always appreciated. Hope everyone's doing good. Starting with my co-host, Manny the Hooper, finally on screen. How you doing, man? All right. Just a long day. Walking in the heat with my sister's, uh, what is that, uh, university touring? Or I don't know, bro. It's something she did. I never did it. It was like when you tour the colleges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did it. I had to go with her, you know. Everybody's shocked. They think I'm her dad. They're like, man, you're young, man. <laughs> And I'm yeah, I'm like twenty. Old man Manny. So, <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is important though. So Manny, I read your thread about this. And unless I misread it, you said, Yeah, I'm just twenty five, but didn't explain that you wasn't her dad. No, because uh, they they didn't give me a chance. They just kind of just like they all were like Couldn't you have like led with that? Like like I'm not her dad, I'm her brother, I'm twenty five. Like rather than just saying I'm twenty five and letting them like, run <laughs> I guess, around. but they just kind of just, like looked around, and I just feel like I mean, I guess they don't have this conversation anymore. They just think it's awkward. They all, they all walked off. <laughs> I wonder why. Incredible. It's always something, man. The people that he bumps into in uh, San Antonio, you know, it's a, it's always something, bro. But you know, happy to happy to see him here. Hold, but how are you going to follow that? How are you doing today? There's never you can't follow Manny the Hooper, brother. You just you just have to be happy to be on the screen with him always. But uh, but I'm good. I just returned from The Shining, which is a, a little known new film that's just come out with Jack Nicholson. I hope anyone's you know seen the trailers for him. That was very fun. So <laughs> fired up, excited to talk about some professional wrestling as always. Uh, good times, Manny. Good times, mate. Good stuff. Good stuff. And Charlie, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Not really done much today, just had a chill one. Um, I just want to say real quick, it was Anna's birthday today, so if you haven't wished Anna mm-hmm. a happy birthday yet, go do that. Anna DeMarco on Twitter. Shout happy out to birthday, her. Happy birthday. Yeah, man, shout out, Anna. Absolutely. Happy birthday to Anna DeMarco, of course. Uh, but yeah, man, let's, uh, you know what? Let's go straight into some Super Chats, because we've got a few. We have got a few keeping coming. We appreciate it, as always. Darren KG, $10. He says, in my opinion, the fifth men will be Kota Ibushi and Chris Jericho, but should be Chris, but should be Kota Ibushi and Chris Hero, so we can get Golden Lovers, Kings of Wrestling at All Out. Also, Willow should win the Owen and then main event, uh, Death Before Dishonor against Athena. What are we thinking? I, I, like I, think, I think the Athena-Willow match is a fair assumption. Um, yeah. I think Willow is going to win on Saturday. I have to say the the yin and yang of Kotrubushi and Chris Jericho is really That's... there's a lot going on there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I agree with both kind of predictions. The Chris Hero thing, I you know, I totally get it as a hope, but I don't have any of us can expect that at this point, unfortunately. We'll see what Lost Chris some weight. 
He did. Money, he looks money, good. Money is a uh, money strong on this one. So we'll <laughs> is that it's either hero, it's either hero or evil? No, right, I'm throwing it up there. <laughs> Big two. <laughs> Darren Cage. Um, again, five dollars. Appreciate you. Also, everyone tune in at twelve Eastern tomorrow to watch Joe put on a two thousand and five Samoa Joe performance in the Usos video. I can confirm that and appreciate you very much, Darren. Yes. Again, twelve Eastern tomorrow. Check the YouTube. Um, Showtime Spurs five dollars. That Takeshita Ibushi stared down. He's going to hit like black tar heroin straight off the boat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I mean, it would be pretty good too. It's an interesting way to put it, you know. I'm sure uh, I think yes. that means it will be good, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, interesting. Appreciate <laughs> the super chat, though, bro. <laughs> uh, Pylons, $5. MJF is trying to be the next Flair or Triple H when he should be really embar- embracing his goofy side and emulating Kurt Angle. That's actually quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because Kurt was probably the most traditional top guy who most consistently did like silliness. That's, that's, that's an interesting one for a kick around. I don't know. Fun. Yeah, definitely. And Ian Fyodor, $2 Canadian, says, WrestlePure is Fred's account anytime soon. We've got one. We've got one. We're giving. Uh, it was always the plan to get on a, what's it, whatever it is, Instagram threads. We're going to stay on Twitter, obviously, but we've got it. It's the recipe at WrestlePurist, of course. Go follow us if you're on the old, this new Fred's app, you know. It looks like a pretty decent start, to be honest. The algorithms are a bit all over the place, yeah. but in terms of, like, the way it functions, it seems pretty, you know, it's viable. That no character limits going to be some problems. Oh, especially for evil. We're, we're for, keep keep it, keep, yeah, he's an old man. He probably hasn't figured out how to download it yet. So we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> we're safe for now. Um, let's go straight into the Dynamite review. And then mm-hmm. when we get to kind of like the blood and guts related stuff, we'll get yeah. into the Ibushi news and of course kind of predicting who the fifth men will be on either side so um, yeah man AEW Dynamite someone please remind me of the city they were in last night they were in <laughs> Edmonton <laughs> there we go <laughs> Edmonton we done it we got there um, okay Colt Cabana was apparently backstage working as a producer that was a little note boom, boom. that was reported after boom boom mm. indeed uh, so yeah, man, Colt Cabana was involved. Wasn't spec- specified exactly what and where he was involved on the show, sort of thing. But uh, he, he was working, you know. He he's around. He's around backstage at Dynamo. So uh, yeah, little note there. And uh, the show starts with Renee, Darby, and Keith Lee, like a promo sort of thing. And it's uh, interesting. Darby kind of tells uh, Keith Lee that he knows that he feels that, you know, he's kind of got lost in the shuffle lately and he should do something about it, even if that means going two-on-one. And it's kind of like this, uh, I don't know, you know, kind of like manipulating, but also hyping him yeah. up, inspo. I don't know what he was cooking, you know, but um, interesting. Uh, <laughs> Joe, did you find this as interesting as I did? Oh, yeah, this was... <laughs> This is a classic wrestling play when the promoter kind of feels a certain way and he uses a baby face to portray his, his feelings. And I think there was, you know, I think there was a clear effort. Let's be very clear here what I'm saying. 
this was no burial because I think it's very clear in the match that followed. They were trying everything possible to make Keith like a killer, and he did, which we'll get to. But, you know, I think certainly putting on TV, like, yeah, you've been kind of moping around a lot. You could, you know, <laughs> that kind of deal. Like, that's that's a, that's a familiar wrestling uh, trope, which is fine. The real key is that in the match, it was followed up on and he looked good. So, there you go. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll dive into it. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allin versus Keith Lee, uh, as well as Strickland. Of course, this was a blind eliminator tournament match. Hence, uh, you know, kind of the weird tag team of Keith Lee and Swerve together. Of course, that dynamic played out throughout the match. And, uh, yeah, as Joe said, Keith Lee looked like a killer. There was a lot of big spots with him. Um, you know, this was, this was good stuff, man. Swerve and Derby, whenever they got in there together, that was always good. Orange Cassidy, of course, good with everyone. Keith Lee, as we've already said, played his part very well. Uh, this was a good opener, man. This was a good opener. Uh, Charlie, what did you think of it? Yeah, I enjoyed this. I thought it was a lot of fun, like... On paper, it just sounds like a good match anyways, and they definitely delivered. I did, like, Keith Lee definitely looked really strong in this, which I think is, like, the main takeaway from it. Like, he definitely looks like he's getting back on track where he should be as a wrestler, and I'm happy for him. I'm glad to see that he's doing better again. Um, But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Didn't really enjoy the fact that Swerve got pinned, but it is what it is. Someone has to take the pin at the end of the day. Like, But, yeah. Yeah, someone's got to go down, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, carefully. He's he's ditched the weird beard and the cape mm-hmm. and the fucking, you know. If he got a bit weird for a moment, man, he got a bit weird for a moment. It seems like he's kind <laughs> of a, as Joe said, kind of an effort to like getting back on the right track. Of course, visually, I think he looks a lot better now than he did, uh, yeah. you know, the other day. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, good stuff, Manny. Did you like this opener? It was fun, you know. It's great seeing Keith Lee back and not the Assassin's Creed Keith Lee. So, I mean, him walking up the stairs while Darby was underneath, it was pretty crazy. I thought he was going to, like, kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, the match was just fun. Fun grabs. The Eliminator Tournament is whatever to me. I mean, I feel like Tony has no idea what he's doing with it. Just, you know, who's ever backstage, mm-hmm. he's just booking them in a match. And uh, yeah. it's unfortunate. Swerve losing. Sucks, but I mean, what are you gonna do about it? Hopefully, he doesn't lose to Nick Wayne next week. So, cheers. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. What are you gonna do about it? Decent opener, what you think? I, I love this. I always was tremendous TV. Um, they did a really good job of you know, they never lost the Keith Swerve kind of thread, but they didn't allow it to sacrifice the quality of the match, right? Like they got that stuff in, but they actually use it to their advantage in terms of the match picking up and escalating. I love the stuff where like keep doing the big Tower of Doom deal and like yeah. powerbombing Swerve through the match. Like, ah, that worked, you know? I, I thought there was some really, some really nice ideas in here, which is a trend when you put Darby and Orange in as a tag. Keeve looked incredible here, which obviously, again, the baby faces, or at least the other baby faces helped him a lot. But, you know, this is... Goes about Sam. I mean, offensively, Keith is still a false. It does have to be said, and I totally get why what I'm about to say is wrong. And Swerve is a guy they want to push, you assume. But like watching this, it was hard for my brain not to kind of, you know, be like, maybe we could have just let Swerve and our glory be a thing for longer. You know, like they're such a great team. Yeah. And I, I totally get if the idea was we want to push Swerve, but like, I don't know. Watch, I was watching them last night and kind of just like sitting there beyond any kind of, uh, of the current booking, just in an ideal world, where would I have them? And a big part of me was thinking, man, maybe, maybe they should just be a team right now. You know, they're such a great team. Even when they wasn't trying to be a team, they were great to watch together. 
But nonetheless, I get it, and that's the way wrestling goes. But I love the match. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. Clearly, uh, everyone, pretty much everyone unanimously loved that kind of tag title run that went on. Uh, yeah. They definitely have chemistry and proved it again last night. So, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Of course, this was uh, then followed by a kind of a Darby Allin video package talking about uh, Nick Wayne, Buddy Wayne, and uh, kind of just telling the story, really, you know, of Nick Wayne, mm-hmm. where he comes from, about his father, how Darby is like... Um, you know, how he knows him and how long he's known Nick and his father, etc., etc. It was good stuff, you know. It kind of helps hype up and, again, tells the story of who Nick Wayne is with his, you know, imminent debut next week, as Manny mentioned, his wrestling swerve next week. So, of course, they are throwing him into the deep end because I'm sure people are going to expect big things and, you know, everyone's been hearing about him for a couple of years now, you know. So, uh, yeah. finally, he will be wrestling on AEW Dynamite. So, I thought this was nicely put together. Uh, anyone got anything to say on this video package? Very well done. No, very, very well good. done. Yeah, and smart placement. I think we all agree, yeah. and it's not news. It's kind of been, it's kind of been suggested the whole time that Swerve was going to be his first match, right? And I think anyone yeah. who's seen those two guys wrestle can agree that's the right choice. Yeah, I think Nick Wayne is an interesting one because he's a guy you can give TV exposure to while beating him a lot, right? He's a kid. He's eighteen mm-hmm. years old. Like you can have if he goes ten minutes to Swerve you can very easily tell his story and advance his story with defeats. Um, not dissimilar to what they did with Takeshita, obviously. Very, very different. You know, talent's very different. I get it. But even still, it's a similar kind of blueprint you can follow. So uh, yeah. I like this a lot. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed this. It does kind of feel like uh, TK's getting every minute of TV time out of Derby he can before he goes off to climb yeah. Mount Everest. Like, he was all over, like, this <laughs> first, like, 40 minutes. It's very funny. Wait, but I like the video that? package a lot. And, like, Swerve is, like, the perfect first person what did you say money is he doing that for real <laughs> he keeps talking about it yeah me yeah it seems, it seems yeah. okay so uh i thought he was just doing a bit or something i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone is doing bits all, all the time man. <laughs> yeah man, he's he's making he's making the trek bro he's uh mm-hmm. he's making the walk you know he's gonna that come even- back a different man you know it makes that putting the AW flag on the mountain just even more like more embarrassing. I mean, I don't know. What to, I mean, I don't know. What to... <laughs> oh man, what are we gonna do with I, you, bro? I hope somebody takes a picture of him kneeing like that meme, like that stand with the stand with AW, but stand with AW. <laughs> This is spiteful now, you know. Like Darby's <laughs> out here. He's trying to do. He's ticking things off his bucket list, you know. He's hey, nobody, not, to, nobody talked to climb Mount Everest. He, he wants to do it, bro. Like you know, he's in a position where he he's can do it. Tony's like, all right, go do it. And, yeah. Yeah. He would have done it regardless if he was in AEW or not. It seems. Like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I don't... so what you put? <laughs> I mean, you could put like you could put like a Darby flag on there or something. I don't know. Just. <laughs> Where have you got this idea that he's planting an AEW flag at the he top said of the mountain? He did he said... say, yeah, he did. I don't okay. know why man, he's not upset about it. But... I know. Like, why is it such a big issue? Tony Khan should climb the mountain and do it. I mean, not him. I think he's busy, to be honest. Imagine Tony Khan just takes a off to climb oh, the mountain. Yeah. He has real priorities. He has a lot of stuff to run. I mean, of course he's not going to do it. It's like crazy. <laughs> you know, like I said, maybe it would help a bit. You know, he goes away, he's he's out the box for a minute, he comes back with a whole new, you know. 
elevated existence, you know. <laughs> it was it was alleged that Manny was being spiteful for when he responded with no one asked him to do it. <laughs> and he's gonna come back even colder and darker, like more broody, just like I climbed out at first, you know, just did something to me. <laughs> The face paint no, no, I don't think that's how it's going down. <laughs> <laughs> it's and not just like this extended play for a character bit. Like it's just something well, he wants to do. Look, if he gets the snow when Sting retires, it makes sense. He climb out Everest. He can have the snow. There you go. He's got it, bro. <laughs> um. I. Next up, we had a um, we had a Jack Perry promo, and it was uh, of course he's recently turned heel. He was cutting his first heel, his very kind of cliche first heel promo last week. And, of course, he was interrupted by Hook. He came out to attack him, but he ran off. And this week, he started talking about, you know, you don't you don't want to be... Um... He said, if they're going to sort it, let's do it like professionals, basically, in his own little heel way. And um, he wants the FTW total shot. But before he could finish his promo, Hook jumps him, but he managed to squirm away again. Uh... Yeah, man. More, more for this hook, Jack Perry thing. It's uh, Jack Perry probably going to be the FTW champion. It'll be interesting to see what he'll do with that belt. You know, mm-hmm. hook first, last. This is just assumptions, of course. Um, it'd be very interesting if Hook just beat him flat. You know, yeah, <laughs> that would it be feels crazy. like. <laughs> but, um, now this yeah. is this is guesswork. With the JES stuff, we'll get into later. I think, I think there's a very good chance that Anna J is the finish of that match. You know. I know mm-hmm. I'd be because like if you're gonna do that deal, which I'm not saying they are, it's just guesswork, but you would probably reveal it in a way that's kind of dramatic and that could be the finish. So yeah. We shall see. Jake was I thought Jake was like I mean it's different it's a different setting, right? It's a lot easier to do it here, but I actually thought he seemed more comfortable here in the little yeah. you know, thirty seconds of promo we got. The hook physicality was very funny. I don't really know why it was funny, but definitely was. And uh it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. It, yeah, and it was like the way it was like the way that Jack, it immediately ended was, yeah. was, was peak dynamite in good ways and bad, but it popped me. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little segment. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, Jack I Perry. Take serious. Yeah, Jack Perry. He'll man talk to us about it. Can't take him serious. I don't know. Something about him just looks ridiculous. I mean, maybe it's the hair. Maybe it's the clothes. I don't might, know. Might have been the shirt. It, it was a fashion choice. Yeah. What was the shirt? I don't remember. He was wearing it was like, like a pink leopard print one. Snazzy. It was like unbuttoned halfway down his chest. No. It was very, it was a very funny. No, visual. I think, like, it, I he's think definitely it was, leaning into the hill look, though. I guess. I think it was unbuttoned all the way down to like just one button, like at the bottom. I don't know. It was just yeah. fair, Manny. Your your wardrobe yesterday was a little. Much, <laughs> That's how I watched Dynamite. I don't know what. You, I, mean, I want to watch it relaxed. I mean, I mean, firstly, <laughs> I've watched. I mean, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like he's about to walk at the garden. Look at him. Oh man. I um, mean it was hard because I was watching it on my on my monitor, but then I kept getting distracted by the basketball game that was on my TV. So then I decided to switch them since I was looking up anyways. So I just <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just you know fucking jungle boy do something, man. I don't know. Do something <laughs> What are you for, pull that picture <laughs> off again, John. It's such a funny photo. <laughs> 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 you guys should be in the hit squad or something. 
Monster Mac and Manny running around in Ring of Honor in Ota, you know. As soon as I saw the way you stretched, I'll try to get a screenshot. And it doesn't matter when you do the screenshot, Manny, it will be a funny picture. Like, yeah. it, there's no bad takes, you know. That's just the best one. He's uh, he's special, you know. He is, um, he is the but Yeah, Charlie, yeah. I know... Um. This Jack Perry Hill thing, it's a bit of a hard sell, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But how are you feeling? How are you feeling two, three weeks in now? I liked this segment a lot more than I did the one last week. I think he definitely works better in these sort of pre-tapes and that. But, like, I think he should just go full carny with it and just try and make the... Like, if he if and when he wins the FTW belt, just, like, act like it's the biggest belt in the promotion. Yes. Like, get the streamers out. Like, have all the fireworks <laughs> when he wins. It'll just be funny as fuck. And I think they should just lean into that. Yeah, he could definitely do some art with it, you know. Mm-hmm. It'd definitely be. It's kind of. It's going to be. Hopefully, his ball to run with, you know, yeah. uh, as a heel. See how. See if and how he will develop in that position, mm-hmm. uh, because you know everyone kind of agrees. Well, most people agree, but you know he's a he's a very fine worker. You know he's a good worker. Yeah. Jack Perry. There's a lot of upside to him. He's got a pretty good look, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but, you know, there is, he, he has his flaws as well, and that's why you kind of throw people at this in the deep end. But we'll yeah. um, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. I'm not I'm not 100% sold yet, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I don't think he can, you know, get to it. So we'll see, man. What do you we'll What are you going to do if he, the bell rings and he wrestles the same way? He probably will. He will. Yeah. He'll, no, he'll do. He'll have like a little. Yeah, he'll have like a few little quirks. You know, yeah. like the Doki match. <laughs> like it'll do like it'll be his style but with a few heel things sprinkled yeah. in, you know. A lot more like, like ducking and diving, trying to avoid the moves and that. I need him to be like a horse or something, I don't know. <laughs> we come might on. be a bit far out from that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean if he's gonna work as a heel, it will have to be like chicken shit heel. Like he's not gonna work yeah. as a horse. <laughs> Look at him, man. <laughs> he's he's bigger than most of the guys. Is he? He's yeah. bigger than Hook, I guess, right? He's bigger than MGF. I mean, not physically, but I mean... No. Tall, <laughs> no he's he's not physically. Bro, what the fuck? He's taller than him, just not, like, muscular. MJF got, like, fucking 40 pounds what? on him or something. Well, like. I, I told you last night, I mean, it looked like MJF just came out from a peak cycle, man. He just came out like that. It's just, he was just glowing, I mean... He made he made everybody in there. He made the butcher look bad. Many, many wants Jack to be doing like the you know the big shoulder tackle spot in the middle of the ring. You know, not budging. <laughs> Don't Larry. Yeah. Well, fucking. Mm, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, next up, we've got um. We had this MJF and Adam Cole in the gym segment. Where they are MJF bench. No, MJF bench like three hundred and something pounds. Throws it, they're making jokes about fat, fat people. They're, um, you know, they're going back and forth about Tony Schiavone to find the mutual ground there, laughing with each other. They're getting friendly. They're getting friendly, Joe. You know, mm. the, the bonding manner, you know. This is this is real investment for the people, you know. And, uh, you know, MJF, he gets on the bench. He does, what, £315, £350, whatever it was. Hands it over to Adam Cole. MJF is like, oh, there's no way, you know. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way the boy Adam Cole can handle this, you know. Adam Cole, he gets on there, Joe, and he fucking he smashes it out, mate. <laughs> he, 
You know, he's he's doing he's doing it with ease. You know, everyone's everyone's mind's blown, mine included. You know, this was absolutely one hundred percent legit. True. There was no there was no Hollywood magic as AO was uh, suggesting on the uh, watch along yesterday. This was legitimate. Adam Cole is a freak of nature. He breaks the laws of physics. It's what he does, you know. Uh well all jokes saw this was uh this was quite you know, it was a fun segment. You know, it's not gonna win segment of the year or anything like that, but you know, it was fun. It was fun. I uh he didn't offend me in any way. Uh Manny <laughs> What did you think of this? That was funny. I needed to see the con cut to see what it, who was holding the plates because it was because they were they weren't doing it with him. It was all even because like when he was doing it, he was like, yeah, sideways. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was a funny bit. You know, these guys are growing on me, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna see some some good entertainment out of this. I was gonna say I was gonna say cinema, but I said no, nah, it's over. <laughs> Is that what your eyes just went <laughs> all yeah. over the place, you know? <laughs> Trying to find the right word. Um, Charlie, are they growing on you? Yeah, they've got really good chemistry on screen, and it just pops me a lot. Like, I like wrestling that can make me laugh because it's meant to make me laugh. So I was, like, really into a lot, a lot of the stuff they were doing last night. Like, Adam Cole and MJF, like, it was, like, a pairing that I wasn't really sure about, but they've proved me wrong. Like, it, it's just been a good time watching it so far. But yeah, yeah it was funny. Like they did, like the fucking plates were uneven with coal yeah. lifting it, and it was a pre-tape, and they didn't reshoot it. So I'm not <laughs> sure whether it was meant to be like that, or they were just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Oh, they might have not noticed. They do I'm that sure. a lot. No man, so you're very spoilful tonight. Isn't oh, I mean. it? <laughs> <laughs> in quality control, and, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man. That's, that's, uh... that's what I do. That's my job. <laughs> it is. It's what we're paid for, you know. Uh, John, what do you think of mm. this one, mate? Yeah, I, I really enjoy this dynamic. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll get into it more when they have their match. But uh, Max is really good at this, like you know, like playing off others. I mean, we we talked about it with Sammy, and I was kind of bullish on that dynamic. I think this is an improvement, even on that. He's he's good in this stuff, and to his credit. Cole is a natural being the kind of cool guy by contrast, right? Which is, without hard Max is going, it isn't hard to do that, but he does it well when he feels he feels confident and like a cool, you know, cool baby face. So um, they, have a, they have a nice dynamic. They have such a good dynamic that you kind of hope it goes on for a little bit before we get back to the match. It's actually, like, genuinely fun to watch, uh, especially with the stuff we'll get to later. So, yeah, thumbs up on this for sure. Speaking of fun to watch, the acclaimed... Daddy Ash versus the Blade and Bollywood Boys. Very interesting choice when this was announced not too long before the show. I'm not sure who kind of uh, asked for this, to be honest. And uh, I think this is kind of one of uh, Tony's tropes in the sense of, like, everyone knows that Tony wants the acclaim on TV, like, mm-hmm. pretty much every week, you know. And fair enough, bro. Look, it's a, it's a act that he put a lot of an investment in but he put together, so there's a lot of pride into it. And they got over, bro. They got over in a big way. And, uh, of course, they won the tag titles. Everyone enjoyed that reign. And they remain over, and they're a good part of the TV. So I understand why Tony would want them on TV all the time. And it's not their problem. But it's like, if you're going to have them on TV all the time, and they're going to be a consistent character on your TV show, they need to be doing something more... Um, just something more that you can invest in. And more... Um, you know, 
just something better, bro, to put it very bluntly yeah. than, uh, you know, the... Because when you're feuding with QTV, you know, that's like what they're doing at the moment. And then, because the level underneath that is when you get the matches like the Blade and the Bollywood Boys on TV to kind of pad your way to get into the QTV match. So, like, having an act like the Acclaim building to a QTV match or whatever it is that they're doing, uh, you know, it's just, it's not good, yeah. bro. You know, there's better things they could be doing. You know, I'm sure they have fun out there every week, you know, and I'm not complaining about the Acclaim being on TV every week, but if they are going to be that consistent of a character, they need to have something a bit more substantial, I think. Um, or I'm all going crazy. Joe, you're usually a pretty good... Uh, uh, I don't think so. I... I think it's a case of it's clearly a a feud that feels like a rampage feud. Make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. And the issue with that is, I don't think any of us have a beef with like you know what you don't want to have the acclaimed you know stuck on, on that show, right? Like the acclaimed are a big act and people love them. They should be on the A show. So I have no problem with them. But I just think to your point, if they're going to be, their program needs to be more interesting than this QTV business. Um, you get the sense certainly they have some kind of belief internally that this this QT Johnny TV team is going to be worthwhile. Maybe it will be like, I, you know, I scoff here, but, I'm, but like, you know, QT's a good wrestler and Johnny is, you know, he's Johnny and uh, we'll see how they go, I guess. I mean, I, I personally would rather it not be on Dynamite, but I totally get why they want the acclaimed on the A show. It's just it's a matter of, two, as you said, like I'd rather they be doing something that's, that feels more befitting this show than the QTV feud. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll convince me of the feud. I mean, thus far, they've done a handful of things and it's been mixed results. Some stuff's been good, some stuff's been much less good. So we'll see what happens next. Well, we'll see what happens because uh, after the match, Harley Cameron, she got on the uh, on the Titan train and she said she's going to show us all real talent next week, or whatever it is. It says something to that effect anyway. So, uh, Manny, do you think we're going to be seeing real talent next week? No, but... Wasn't the acclaimed feuding with House of Black? Not anymore. Feuding, <laughs> I think feuding is too strong for it, right? Like it was kind of. What happened with that? Like they kind of made a thing of like, oh, yeah, because they had just had that random match on Double or Nothing, and yeah. then they would did their whole thing of, oh, we want to get Billy Gunn like one last title reign. So it kind of felt like they were going to go for the belts again, and then House of Black became a collision act. And it kind of just kind of yeah. like fell off. And I'm now very confused what they're even doing with the account. The funnier things, but... House of Black feud that fell through was when Daniel Garcia beat Brody King because Chris Jericho mm-hmm. interfered and they just never they just never yeah. got revenge on Chris Jericho. They just moved it into Anna versus Julia exclusively. So they're a fast House of Black are a fascinating act to look at their usage. They've been together in AEW for mm-hmm. like quite a long time. I know they missed a little bit of time, but not a ton, you know, like it's strange. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm know. Gonna take you all the word that that match happened. I don't remember it, but I mean, this feud. Oh, it, oh, it happened. The was it that one? long ago, bro? Yeah. It was only because the they, end of May. They, they advertised it as an open <laughs> challenge. Remember, Manny? Yeah. I don't remember, but I mean, look, man, this they claim rule. I don't know what they should be doing this, but at the same time, I don't know what they would be doing anyway, so. Let's just yeah. keep it a rampage, you know. Don't don't I mean don't expose it to the masses. There's a very obvious lack for like a top babyface tag team on Dynamite right now because FTR are pretty much exclusive to Collision at the moment because the story they've got going on. It'd be very easy just to build the acclaimed up to take that slot, but I don't know. 
I don't know what TK is cooking with the tag division. I went on a very long run in my circles on Twitter earlier. I won't oh. get into it again here. Well, you can get it. You can. You can you yeah, can it's, right it's what we do. It's what we do with professionals, yeah. and we break these things down. You know, the AW tag division is a you know it's, it's a fair talking point to bring up. You know, it's uh, it's not where you know always, when I think of the AW tag division, I always think of like remember like Matt and Nick Jackson at the AW. Mm-hmm press media thing the very like very first thing they did for it and they're building up tag team wrestling and then they're going to make it main event pay-per-views and really yeah. mean something and they did that for an extended period of time and it's like you look at it now and you're like jesus christ you know uh lord charlie said there's there's a serious lack of a uh a clear-cut top baby face uh tag team that's going to be you know kind of carrying the vision on their back on Dynamite, you know, obviously FTR on Collision, you know, the the first three weeks of their presentation has been really good and of course they're going to be defending the titles uh, this weekend but, um, you know like, even if you have, even if the titles are on another show, that doesn't mean it should fall into, yeah, exactly. you know QTV versus the acclaim, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like all the tag. It feels like all the tag titles are just on collusion, and look, I mean, it, mm-hmm. and it feels like FTR are their own little world because FT uh, them versus uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson is a pretty big match to me, and it just yeah. seems weird that it's just happening. It feels like it's happening in a different promotion altogether. So, yeah, I get what you mean. It's just yeah. like last year they had they had a big focus on like newer tag teams like coming up in the division with like the acclaimed swerve in our glory like jurassic express and there was another one it's if it's left my brain but there was another one that split up i can't remember um uh, team tasks yeah yeah, Ricky, yeah there was all the other ones and then three of those tag teams split up in a six-month period like the lucha bros have been off doing um stuff with like they're the ring Money, champions been but they're barely used <laughs> yeah. yeah it is an no, that's a tower defense i don't care what you guys say it's um <laughs> and like it's left a definite like opening in the tag division and tk's just not yeah. done anything to fill it like uh it really frustrates me because i love tag team wrestling that's no secret around here and well, there's just a lot more they could be doing with it in AEW. Well, if you look mm-hmm. at Top Flight, they're out of commission right now. And then mm-hmm. the Lucha Bros, they're out. Top uh, Lucha Bros, they don't even tag anymore. They don't even tag, I think, in in Ring of Honor. I think they're just yeah. the crazy because they're the champs. Yeah, they, they, Phoenix just is a single wrestler in Ring of Honor. Penta, who knows what Penta does? Penta does Penta things. And, um, <laughs> and look, man, this is what I'm saying. Bring up the kingdom. The kingdom's God waiting for their the call. Kingdom, honestly, they've been doing great stuff. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's just a disservice that they're in Ring of Honor right now. You know, no what they're doing. It's it's tough. Like this has been frustrating me for a while because yeah. it feels like for a long time people kind of just buried their head in the sand on this. Not you, Charlie, because I know we've talked about it a million times over. But it's like, how, for how long did people still pretend AEW like the best tag division? And it's like this has been now like a year. Now, yeah. swerving our glory versus the acclaimed is a feud kind of got them through a, a period of time there. They had three matches that were hot. But by the time that ended, it was very clear, like, you were left with with not very much. And that's why, you know, I have to almost stop myself from scoffing at a QTV tag team because it's like, what's the alternative? You're like, well, who are the other mm-hmm. teams they can wrestle? Like, Butcher and Blade, 2.0. I know the Acclaimed did an act. Remember they did a little feud with 2.0 about join the JAS? Yeah. It's like, it was short-lived because it's like, Less two point but you're not you're not going to convince people that they're a serious tag team. Like it's, it's yeah. gone that that moment in time. So, 
I don't know. I, I think it needs serious attention creatively, and it isn't like yeah. a it isn't a one team fix thing. Like if O'Reilly came back next week, it would be sweet to put him and Roddy together, and they can have great matches with all the teams we have. But like that isn't the issue. Is more fundamental than that, you know. Like it's just yeah. it's a weird situation they're in considering where they were at. Not what well, like two years ago, eighteen months ago. Yeah. Very. I mean, I mean, so like, what? I had high hopes for the blind eliminator. Like, oh, we could have something really cool with this. Yeah. And then it came very clear that this is just an MGF and Adam Cole like story thing. And that's basically yeah. the whole reason they're doing it. And it's like, even with that, FTR have not acknowledged that at all. No. They and they're like the tag champions. Like, yeah. they're fighting for a chance to get to those belts. Like, it's, that's, that's where the brand split thing is like yeah bizarre to me because it's like it's not a brand split but some of the talent is clearly taking it as a very yeah. like firm brand split and it's like to manny's point he's used the phrase earlier i'm just taking it from him but like ftr feel like they're in a different promotion it's yeah. like yes they're feeling they're feeling they're feuding with like top guys just in like i just they're feuding with samoa joe and all these guys like yeah. it just i don't yeah. know it just feels like why would they be bothered by like the best friends or Brian Cage and Big Bill as a tag team? <laughs> the thing or is, though, is I mean, if you look at the teams that are in this tournament, like if you know, if you say, I'm not sure they will win it, but if you just say MJF Adam Cole are the favorites to win this tag tournament, it's like it should be very clear that they're going to do an FTR. You know what I'm saying? Like FTR should mm-hmm. be talking about it in a promo or whatever. Um, yeah. and I think that matters. Like a 30 second pre tape. I'm not asking for a lot. Just acknowledge it's happening. Yeah. Like I think that could be an issue with the kind of. Connective tissue between both shows. What are you going to say, Manny? Manny? And so I, th- I think that match is going to rule if they do uh, FTR versus MJF and Cool. But mm-hmm. if anything, I don't think it's going to happen on Dynamite. If anything, it might just happen on uh, Collision if they do do yeah. it. So it's just like, what's the whole point of doing this blind eliminator tag if it's not going to happen on Dynamite? I, you know. I think it's very apparent that, and we talked to this when it was coming up, and we were assuming it was going to be a more clear brand split. The trio's belts need to be on the other show. If the trio's <laughs> trio's belts are on the other show you have a more fitting split, right? Because you could have more like high-octane, high-speed matches for the trios belts on Dynamite, mm-hmm. more traditional tag wrestling on Collision. That's not perfect, but at least it would make sense. Right now, you have both of those belts attached to, to, to acts that feel like, through three weeks anyway, Collision exclusive. I mean, Malachi said as much. So Yeah, they don't want to be on Dynamite. Um, so. Yeah. Even, so, even Brody, one, my bad, Joe, but Brody even makes it like clear on Twitter all the time, like, um, he's a collider, bro. He doesn't give a fuck about yeah. what's going on on Dynamite. So it's just like, well, it's you got to take you got to take the set belts off one of them. But I don't think they're taking off FTR just yet because I think they want to do the Aussie Open match still. So I think they just take it off. Just take it off uh, House of Black. I mean, I, mean, I don't know who they're going to beat because there's like no trios either because they're all busy doing stuff. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think a combination of Joe and Manny solutions where you kind of have the trios and Dynamite, but you need to get the belts off of House of Black for obvious reasons now. Um, to pull that off, and obviously you have to tag titles with FTR over on a, on Collision and let them do what they want to do over there with that. And uh, yeah, like Joe said, you've got two different types of tag wrestling on either show then, rather than yeah. it all kind of, uh, you know, the Dynamite division being kind of left like this. Uh, anyway, speaking of the Dynamite division, um, Renee and RJ City do a draw for this tag team uh, eliminator, which was fascinating because Matt Hardy was already there as he had been drawn. So we was only finding out who Matt Hardy's partner was going to be, and it was Jeff, not Jeff Hardy, but Jeff Jarrett. Very interesting uh, pairing for sure. Speaking of uh, the tag team division, why is Jeff Jarrett here again? This is the, this is the solution, Charlie. This is the fix. It's- We've found it. I don't get 
okay. <laughs> you know, I so, don't understand. I wish I wish they because uh I wish they did this pairing of like Sting and Dustin or whatever. They they I don't know. I just I just want I just wanted random guys because I know Sting says he doesn't uh, want to do singles matches. So just put them in a random tag and then old guys that would actually be a cool tag team. Yeah, I just want to see cool guys. Matt Hardy and Jarrett. I was complaining about it, and someone said, "What about Captain Insano and Warlow?" And that popped me oh. huge. Just like I just want to see like funny, weird tag teams. I've got to be honest. I was with you both on this until they showed the graphic for Garcia and Sammy versus Jeff and Matt, and I was like, "Well, hold on." That's, Danny it's, Garcia it's, and Jeff Jarrett locking them up in 2020. I said, "Well, I'm gonna have to tune into Rampage just to see, see what's happening over there on Friday." Well, they didn't tell us this at the time either. They that did not. The, that I was mean, the crazy yeah. thing, you know. You would have to be. A major optimist and a big Hardy fan, or Jarrett fan, but mad to be like, yes, here we go. You know, that was it, it was tough to have that reaction at this segment. But it is well, I think Alexia is like one of the only people that celebrated because she's a big Jeff yeah. Jarrett fan. I, I did. I'm, pop. I'm for it. I'm for. It. I mean, he's literally behind me, so I can't really talk shit. Go on, man. <laughs> I did pop for the, the big Bill and Brian Cage tag because I think that that's what I've been hoping for. I I have a Arty. feeling. I popped for that one. I don't think that's just a one off for the tournament. I, I think they're trying something with that because I don't think they want Lee to be in that team like long term. But he's felt like for years the solution for Brian Cage to be like a guy on the roster to put him in a team, right? And like mm-hmm. you know, I think there's something to that. I, I think that one may they may try and keep you know get that one to stick. So we'll see. There'd be a problem, you know, too big uh you know too big cons, you know. Uh. <laughs> oh my buddy, yeah. I'm not sure that's what Shivani's gonna say, oh, but man. yeah. <laughs> Imagine Justin Brian Cage as like a cowboy and all that. Like, and just oh, hold on. <laughs> what? Why? And like, big he's not doing that. I want. I, I just want a cowboy tag team like, uh, like all Japan when it was uh, Doctor Defty Williams and Ted DiBiase. You know, just just cowboys beating up people or like Stan Hansen. Uh we'll see what happens, mate. Um. All right, so next up we had a uh, it was kind of a recap and a uh, a, nod, a nod to Eddie Kingston when he the the I nearly said never open weight it was the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship over the weekend. So um, was it over the weekend? No, it wasn't over the weekend. Yeah, it was literally yeah, yeah, it was yesterday morning. morning. Yeah. yeah, yesterday morning. Um, so yeah, uh, nice nice that they uh you know. Did a little nod to this, and this was, of course, followed by a John Moxley promo, which I love. I love this promo mm-hmm. by Moxley. Moxley, of course, uh, you know, we're uh, it's nothing new for us to be big fans of a Moxley promo here, but uh, you know, he, he really drove the point home, of course, talking to Eddie, talking about Eddie Kingston and how you know, why can't he just leave stuff in the past and how he hasn't grew as a person, he still gets mad over like little shit and you know, just stuff like that, and trying to like, you know, get in his head. You know, and, uh, you know, he made some points. He made some points. And he finishes the promo with telling Eddie to pick up the phone. Uh, Joe, what do you think of this one, mate? Loved it. I always think that Moxley's content is just terrific and it was no different here. I, I think there's a really interesting, there's some really interesting ideas within this promo because Moxley is both right, but also, you know, he's not looking at this with, the, you know, the fullest perspective, right? Because it's like... Mm-hmm. He phrased it as, we've both, the sport's given us both anything we could ever want. And it's like, well, 
I mean, Eddie King, Eddie Kingston's achieved an awful lot in AEW, but certainly I think it's fair to say that he has stepped on more grenades than, than just about anyone else. Yeah. He's fallen short an awful lot, whereas Moxley has been the guy. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what Eddie will, will tap into with his own promo, which will pull on the heartstrings for the audience without making Moxley a kind of moustache-twirling villain, which he shouldn't be. This is conflicted because, let's be real, the audience wants to see these guys be friends. Mm-hmm. but they're going to fight <laughs> and how you get there is important. You don't want to throw away who Moxley is as a character. So I thought this did a fabulous job in that. And I, I just love what they're developing with this. You know, I, I think it's the one of the more compelling things in the whole promotion in the whole industry for that matter. And on a bias level, I'm getting increasingly bullish on my prior prediction of Wembley stadium. It just feels yeah. like, cause as you can tell Moxley's locking in on that focus now and we haven't got long now, right? We've got seven weeks. Like, we're heading in a certain direction here. Eddie's off for the G1. It just feels like something to not expect, but hope for anyway. So I love the promo. I'll definitely be hoping for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to see that, you know. Uh, Manny, what did you think of the Max promo, man? Uh, I didn't really listen to it, but... Uh, Damn you, man. Damn I, was, you. I was on here, but... Uh, I watched the show again earlier. I think Not I just professional because I knew, but it's around you six p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it's a review. <laughs> it was like a minute pre-tape. You could have rewatched. <laughs> Look, to go on Joe's point. I don't want them to be. I don't want them to be friends. I want Moxie to kill him, and then Hold like, on. oh no, that's what Joe <laughs> said. That what Joe said. Yeah, that's what he said. No, I, carry on, man. Sorry, <laughs> And then uh, I just, I just want him to kill him, and then Eddie just builds back up to when he finally conquers him, wherever the match happens, and he builds him up to go win the world title, and hopefully at Arthur Ashe. I won't be there, but I want to see it in that big stage. So that's just what I want. What I love about Manny is he'll be like, oh, I won. John Moxley to kill Eddie Kingston and then Eddie to slowly rebuild beating John Moxley in the rematch and then wrestling for the world title off Rash Stadium which is I believe two three weeks after Wembley Stadium itself so Manny's I mean timelines are not the Hooper's strong suit but he's, he's, he's got a lot of ideas he's got ideas man he's got that's what you can ask for man. it's what we respect uh, yeah. yeah Charlie you're a fan of the Mox promo Always, always fan of a Mox promo. He could car promo on a fucking brick wall and I'd probably be a fan of it. He's just one of the best talkers in the business. Like, there's no denying it. I'm really excited to see how this all plays out and whether it's something that AEW continue to reference while Eddie's off doing the G1. I really hope that they don't just let it, like, fall mm-hmm. completely to the background because um, they have a habit of doing that with storylines that are, like, yes. off TV for a few weeks. It's Yeah, it's happened before. Um but I really do think this is going to be the Wembley Stadium match. Like, not even just because of buyers. I feel like that's just the place to do it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It just fits like the vibes too much for it to not be there. The only way it mm-hmm. won't be is if Eddie doesn't like go through the G1 without getting injured. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, He's fine that does. We'll be praying. We'll be praying for Eddie. It's worth noting, I loved... The you know recap of what happened in New Japan. Yes, oh, that mm-hmm. was that was the tremendous. Was so cute. He got graphic. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> Eddie Kingston. It's him <laughs> hugging Homicide. It was beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I said on I the watch along. That's all I want. Is it's tremendous, and I know you can't do it every time because sometimes you have like separate, like there's yeah. separate kayfabe signs, right? It's hard with wrestling, but 
whenever you can do it, do this because it gives it such a great sports feel and it makes the mm-hmm. AEW guys seem so awesome. Like the idea of like Eddie was just in Japan winning a belt, it elevates yeah. the talent, right? I love that stuff. It's tremendous. Good shit, man. Good shit. Uh, I'm diving some super chats again. Uh, Darren Walker, he says five pounds with five pounds. I'm sure Joe will be watching big match tonight. Mostly oh, yeah. Machine Guns versus Leo Rush and our boy Nick Aldis. Any views on Ring of Honor pay per view? I find it strange no matches have been booked for it. Well, funny you ask, Darren. It appears that tonight Eddie Kingston has um, has kind of dared or requested Mark Briscoe challenge Claudio Castagnoli. So that is seemingly the world's title match, which you would assume means Joe will be opened up to wrestle Roddy again, probably, right? That would probably make sense for. For Joe, so I mean, if that's your top two male matches, and if we assume, <laughs> no, hold Athena, on. <laughs> we assume yeah. that Athena wrestles Willow Nightingale, you know, and maybe the Lucha Bros wrestle. Um, who could they wrestle? Manic on, give me a name quick. Big Bill and Lee Moriarty, you know, the Kingdom. Yeah, sure, the Kingdom. You know, next next thing you know, you're getting oh. your thirty five bucks from old Joey Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, it's the lack of promotion for that brand and show it's is crazy. insane. Like genuinely, yeah. It's in three right. weeks, isn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> you're less. Jesus, I think I it's two I, weeks tomorrow. I think. Oh, I, I hope Roddy wins it. That TV title, if they do they do that match, I mean, yeah, that'd be some real shit. He comes out, to lose that belt. Yeah. He comes out yeah. of collision, you know, with the TV title. You know, you know what would actually be a cool it? angle would be if you doing Joe and Roddy and and Punk was the finish. Could you imagine how crazy that crowd would go? This like little mm-hmm. Ring of Honor crowd. The sickos who gambled on this show getting a, a punk pop, that'd be a pretty cool deal. Yeah, yeah it'd be good for them. Uh, Pylons, $5, he says, they say, I think the acclaim, I think the acclaim needs a bit of a shift. Let Bowens win a TNT title and go on a run with it because he he has enormous potential. Bowens is great, man. Uh, I don't... Mm, I don't know about all that though, you know. Uh, they definitely they do need a shift, but I don't know about yeah. like shifting them in that direction where, you know, where Bowen's going goes on and that's like a single push. I don't know about that. I'd, I just want another like you know a good tag for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the shift know. I'm looking for. I definitely think there's a way to do like you could definitely do the act where Bowen's wrist was a big you know big singles matches while Max mm-hmm. kind of wraps into the ring. I don't know if they need that right now. I mean that with love, but like, let's be real. Yeah. It, like, would honestly, would people be sitting there like, man, I want my money back? You know, like Bones is great. Like, he's the workhorse of the team. I think Max would accept would accept that and concede that. No beef. It's just uh, is what it is. I think they'll do that eventually for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Grieg, uh, ten pounds. Appreciate you, mate. Uh, I'm taking my wife, who thinks wrestling is stupid, to all in for our first wedding, first wedding anniversary. Joe, will you sign an eight or ten for her? Oh yeah, I'll do that for free. That's that's tremendous. That's that. That is not real. That's, real, that is, that's yeah. real love. That's real love, folks. <laughs> Shout out to Luke. Incredible. Happy anniversary. Real graphs and real love. You love to see it. Absolutely. The big Wembley, you know. Mm-hmm. I need to get back on like, my Wembley horse again, you know. When it was first announced, I was really fired up. I was talking about Wembley calibre talent. I was talking about Tony being the big man, you know. I, I need I need, I need, need something to spark me up again, you know. I need that yeah. first match announcement or something. I need Eddie announced on the card. And Just I, need someone uh, to point at the sign and I'll be all in again. Oh. Excuse the pun, but... <laughs> 
we do. It's what we need, you know. Yeah, what we need. Um, it does pop me though. Like, um, I think I can't remember what it was. It was like the playoff final or something, John, at mm-hmm. Wembley. Oh, the, it's like you yeah. can sit yeah, you see all in going around the pit, you know, pop, you know. <laughs> it is so cool. Like, genuine. I, I know I tell this kind of on an anecdotal level a lot, but like, you know, my dad's been watching AEW now for like two years. Mm-hmm. And when they announced Wembley Stadium, I think he had a moment of like, wait, the more fucking lunatics watch this, it's not just me. You know, he's he's, <laughs> bla- he's blown away by this. Because I, being me, I said to him, like, it's going to be Wembley Arena. Because we heard Wembley Arena like way back before they even announced it. We, they were talking about Wembley Arena. And I know other people that may or may not be on the screen heard other things. And then when they announced Wembley Stadium, it was like, my God, they're really doing it. As, as the new advert says, yes, we mean we mean Wembley Stadium. We're fair. <laughs> Indeed. Fired up. Hell of achievement, you know. Uh, but yeah, Luke, hope uh, hope you both enjoy the anniversary. It'll be good vibes, you know. So hopefully she can kind of get swept up in the... In the atmosphere of it, you know, atmosphere. She has, yeah. uh, obviously she's not bored because if she's bored, it's gonna be a long show, brother. You know, um, Boris Johnson, <laughs> five dollars. <laughs> Joe Miel China, missed you at the cricket today, but I've got tickets for Wimbledon, centre court tomorrow. Strawberries and cream on me, literally devil face. That one was at least kind of funny, I suppose. Credit that one. I like how bright the emoji is on there. <laughs> wasn't my wasn't my focus. Oh Jesus! Carry Another on. one for you, Joe. You're quite, you're quite popular, mate. Uh, Ron, four ninety nine. Jojo, you wearing red? <laughs> you have a be you have beautiful white skin color and blue ice water in your veins. Red, white, and blue. A true American. You love you, little bro. The content does seem to be more kind of dynamic tonight, which again I, I credit. You, know? <laughs> you definitely have a. You have your fans, mate. Margaret, another one, one ninety nine. <laughs> Joseph, my dear, are you fredding? I can't find you. No, I'm not. Hulbert's <laughs> not on Fred yet, but I'm sure. <sighs> I'm sure he, he may give him one day, you know. But WrestlePurists are on Fred's, so go follow us at, at WrestlePurists over on Fred's. Um, yeah, man, I think that's that's all the super chats for now. Where was we on Dynamite? Um, Mox promo. Uh, following this, we got a Willie Utah promo. Uh, this obviously hoping up the main event. But he's going to have his match with Kenny Omega later on. It's uh, no effort from Utah, man. You know, mm-hmm. hyping himself up. He's uh, you know, got a bit of bark to him, doesn't he, Joe? He does. It works because I think you're absolutely supposed to watch it and be like, look at this little prick. You know, that's why it worked. <laughs> he does come across that way with love, you know. But so I think the way he's presented now suits his promos and like. It's the best way you can present him at this point in his career. So it's working, you know, and he kind of, he can back him, he can back up his words just enough to be, to be credible. But you also know when it comes to it, he's going to need a lot of help to get the job done. And that's good heat. So it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Charlie, you, uh, you're a fan of the Willie Utah promo these days. I am. I enjoyed this one. I do like that, like, he's fully just leaned into this, like, little shit character now, and he's he's just, like, running around, like, being all bark and then, like, hiding behind the Blackpool Combo Club at times. It's just all very funny to me. It pops me a lot, and it works with the group dynamic. I, I, I'm super into it. It's good stuff. Manny, do you buy into Willie Utah? I think he's the real deal, man. I like this new character shift that he's doing. Right. He's, he's, uh, like I said, he's got a decent bit of bark to him, you know. Not bad, not bad. Um, all right, that's that then. Willie, you uh, shout out to him. Um, Chris Jericho live promo, 
interesting stuff going on here. Uh, so Jericho comes to the ring, full entrance, of course, people singing along as they do, etc., etc. He's got uh, he's got the the other mirrored jacket, whatever it is that he has. Uh, very, he's always with the interesting stall choices, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, Jericho goes out there, and he has, you know, he has like a he has a moment out there, you know. He said that he's had a, a lot of big losses lately. Maybe it's time to reevaluate some things and where he's at. And uh, you know, this is the place to do it because this is where he had his first match, and you know, it's and he puts over Canada quite a lot. And uh, then he's interrupted by Don Callis. Don Callis gets fucking crazy heat, as he has been doing lately. Um, you know, he kind of he kind of bowls down to the ring like a piece of shit that he is, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he kind of tries to get into Jericho's head. Basically, he said a few years ago he made the call to Jericho, said to him, "Let's do Omega versus Jericho in Japan," and it changed the game. And that's the reason why everyone's here now. Let's change the game again. Ask him to join the Don Callis family. And Jericho basically just says maybe and walks off, you know. And uh, definitely a cliffhanger. Interesting development. Don Callis is recruiting like we thought he would. I'm not sure if I was expecting Chris Jericho to be on his uh, on his targets. But uh, definitely an interesting one. What do you think, Charlie? Hmm. I mean, it's definitely interesting. I don't know how I feel about it yet. As long as Jericho's not in blood and guts, I think I'm okay with all of this. But if he's in blood and guts, I hate it. That's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, Jericho, he's been in the... Uh, they've done two so far, and he's been in both of them, hasn't he? So, yes. yeah. He might maybe be in this going one for if, the hat trick. He might have to be in this one. You, yeah, you see what happened to uh, Yuta after the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he might have to be in it. Yeah. I mean, oh, I have feelings about it. That was well. true pain there. You know, <laughs> that, that, that sorrow, you know, that was genuine. There was no performative nice about it. It was just real genuine pain on our Charlie right there. Well, at least in, if he's in this one, he won't be like the focal point of it. So It's Jericho. No, he'll luck. find a way. <laughs> he'll find a way. He's going to stand out like a sore thumb. Like... He's not been involved in a feud at all. Like that's the main issue. Like the only involvement he ever had was in like that brawl that happened in March that kicked it all off. Like, and that was after like the triple trio match. So don't let him get his hands on the idea of uh, being next to the Blackpool Combat Club. You know, honestly, it's gonna come out in UFC gloves where like (laughs) bedazzled jackets. If you want to, if you want to deep dive this Jericho thing, he bled with Moxley. And, I don't care. There's so he, many people that have bled with Moxie. It's Mox. He bled, he bled with Danielson. And then, uh, you know, he, he he's bit of rivalries with Kenny, Hangman. Uh, Cody's not in there anymore. Uh, he's not, no. He, he feuded with the Bucks. So, I mean. Yeah. I get the logic. I just don't like it. Oh, I don't like, like it either. I'm just... But so why are you? <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, put things together. You know, I'm just trying to connect. Doing the stuff. Yeah, but then one thing about this whole segment I got out of here was fucking Cass, bro. His jewelry makes a lot of money off him, bro. You see how <laughs> you freaking... went on <laughs> I went on and off yesterday <laughs> on the stream. But yeah, man, he's freaking iced out to the gills, bro. I don't know what he's doing. Hey, man, he was. 
He had his, he had his shit pattern. So, you know, shout out Caddy's getting a lot of heat. Always doubt, as many said, you know. And uh, we'll see if Jericho takes up him, takes up the offer. Um, very interesting, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyone got anything else to add to this? Uh, well, I totally share the concern that Charlie has, but I will say, I actually thought the segment was like really good. <laughs> you know, oh, it yeah. was really well done. Like, Jared, I divorcing this of all context and where we're at in this point in the program. I think Jericho's actual correct role is like babyface legend who comes in and out and he's like an attraction. I think that's where he should probably be at this point. I do not need Chris to be like a constant on the show at this point in his career. And he'd be best as a babyface legend. So I actually liked his presentation in a vacuum. And I thought his promo was good. The issue is what Charlie said about blood and guts is terrifying. Secondly, this was, I mean, this was a big time kind of, you know, change of character for Chris. Like, yeah. we'll get to the segment with Danny and Sammy later, but he's literally been doing an angle with Sammy where he, like, wants, like, he refused to let go of Sammy. That was the whole deal. It's been, we've been watching mm-hmm. this on the TV show. We reviewed it. It's like this week, he's like, you guys need to go and fly away. You know, like, he's like their dad now. Like, he's, it was so, yeah. And it's like, again, I haven't, I like the direction. So I haven't even got an issue with it. It's just, you know, maybe maybe there was a way to soften it, get ready for this, rather than it just mm-hmm. being like, now I am this character. That's that's unfortunate, I think. But that's wrestling, I suppose, in a lot of ways. So, uh, and you get, I suppose. Exactly. Steam beat <laughs> the helicopter parent out of Jericho, so now he's just letting him you know go. what? That's If Tony Schiavone had just said, folks, you may be you know, it's confused by Jericho's actions, but last week he dressed up as the pain maker and got beat <laughs> by a 64-year-old Sting you'd be acting out of character too. I'd say, you know what, fair enough. Makes sense to me. Hey, man. Yeah. So much to it. So much to it. <laughs> the idea um, of Chris like, walking through the curtain, looking in the mirror and being like, what have I become? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Direct quote from Tudor. <laughs> I knew where I was going. It took so much to even get those words out. Was... Oh, and then, like, instead of... You just switch out the lyrics from Judas and put the pain maker in my mind or whatever. Just, yeah. just keep going along with it. Just everyone's like around him in gorilla, and he's just looking at his his face paint like this is it, man. This is it. the fa- the face paint just drizzled all over his face and all that, just beat up and worn out from all the work. Yeah. Oh man, poor Jericho. He's gonna figure it out. Um. Yeah, next up we had some uh, collision video packages for the Owen Hart tournament. So we got the uh, the Samoa Joe, CM Punk one. Of course, that's this uh, that's this Saturday. And uh, you know, so it's basically kind of plays into the story, but it's always been the story of Samoa Joe and CM Punk. And CM Punk just can't get it done against Samoa Joe. Can't he can't do it. Uh, but he vows that this week he's going to get it done for the first time. Joe's obviously he he don't believe it, you know. Uh, Joe says he's never, Punk's never been better than Samoa Joe. And, uh, you know, the head-to-head record proves it. And, of course, we have the Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks one, which was kind of, it was a lot more brief, it felt. Um, Definitely, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it was kind of, I felt like they could have touched on a bit more. Obviously, with Hobbs and Starks, they have history, which is, you know, we don't have to get into all of it, but, like, you know, pretty, you know, pretty. <laughs> For sure. You know, yeah. substantial history with each other, so it's not like um, it's not like I you have agree. to be super into the show. So, but I would say, Monty, there was a lot of video packages on this show. Like, and I look, very... folks, 
I've, you know, I've made it clear I am one of those sickos who can appreciate a good video package, but it felt like they were. There was a lot of them on this show, didn't it? Like it, it was, was like a ten-minute stretch. Yeah, it was just video was. package, yeah. video package, and video package. I was like, I liked this episode of Dynamite, but I did think that affected the pacing. So while I completely agree, I can understand if someone made the choice of let's just trim this one some, you know, because mm-hmm. Joe and Punk is obviously the priority in that sense, right? You have a big-time story to tell there, and that's not that's not fair to Ricky and Hobbs, but it's just kind of. It is what it is, unfortunately. Um, but the German Punk one was great. A lot of the video packages themselves were great. It was more there was just an awful lot of them. What were you going to say, Manny? I said I was going to say I said it yesterday on the stream that maybe Tony forgot that he, he didn't book enough matches, so he had to hurry up and get all the video packages on there <laughs> and put them on the stream because it was it was way too much for me, for my liking. Yeah, yeah, there it. was a lot of them. Uh, you know, uh, one could argue if you're going to do them. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah I, agree. Uh, I think well, I think I've kind of got like a little issue with. I'm not sure if the time, the way the timings have set up, and the, when they're having the final, um, obviously how it all lines up with that, if this would even be possible. But I just feel like um, I don't think they should be burning these Hob Starks matches Saturday because you've already got Samoa Joe versus Punk on the show, you know. Yeah. Um, and you got the FTR match, right? Like, yeah, of course. And then, of course, like I was just mentioning, like the hubs and starts being got. That's there's definitely something you can do there where you can touch on their history together and make yeah. it feel more. Like, of course, it's already Omen Heart tournament, so there is stakes yeah. to it. But uh, to make it have more investment, you know, and uh, you know, just kind of again, just touch on the history because there's a lot of it there. So you know, even if it was just like a live promo from Starks this weekend in the ring or anything, you know, like touch on it. Um, but like I said, I don't even know if that's actually possible with the way that they've got it uh, all timed out because it's all timed out perfectly to finish up whatever show it is in Canada because they want to do it all in Canada. So, right. um, but yeah, that's kind of you know, I thought the Punk Joe package ruled though, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was terrific. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All I'm gonna say on that is, look, man, make sure you're there to watch it live because if you're not, I mean, you're gonna miss out on something special. It's <laughs> a real collider. <laughs> You know, getting you plug in. Many many people weren't there to watch it in Ring of Honor, and that's what I'm saying. Like people are laughing at the ticket sales, but I just see that as a missed opportunity. A lot of poor souls are gonna miss out on a great rivalry, you know. They're bringing the feeling back. Yeah, they're bringing yeah. the feeling back. Yeah. yeah. Joe's gonna. Um, I think Joe might get it done again, man. Mm-hmm. It was like you should really. Yeah. He's just the yeah. mountain that. You know, it's just a mountain that Phil can't climb, you know. At the very least, Punk should have to take, like, an obvious shortcut if he's going to win. You know, they, yeah. they should be very clear. announcers should be pushing if Punk does win. Like, he had to do something that basically suggested he couldn't get the job done without it. But yeah. we'll see. They have my attention with the finish, which is which is good stuff. Joe is Punk's Everest, so, you know, I hope he, hope he climbs it one day. Joe was so good tonight. here. He's so good here. Like, yeah. his promo he was terrific. He yeah. was. He always is. Nothing mm-hmm. new, you know. He's tremendous. Totally tremendous. Uh, Pylons five dollars says Jericho being teased for blood and guts is a ruse. Callis will desperately try to recruit anyone for the Blackpool Combat Club side, but fail and end up in the match himself. <laughs> that would definitely be a turn, mate. Um, That'd be fucking comedy. Not sure about all that, you know. <laughs> Showtime oh, Spurs five dollars. I think they changed plans with Jericho after hearing the crowd react to Sammy's hints of turning face. I mean, fair. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Um, who knows, man? Who knows? We'll see where this all plays out though, with uh, the Jericho Cali stuff and, you know, what this means with the JAS. Um, anyway, 
after the video packages, we got Adam Cole and MJF tagging together in his blonde eliminated tag, and they are facing the very prestigious world-class team of Matt Menard and The Butcher. Uh, luckily, just by the skin of the teeth, Adam Cole and MJF get it done. Uh, very hard-fought match. Uh, now, all just saw this was, uh, you know, the, uh, the the interplay between Adam Cole and MJF, it was always good stuff, like MJF getting him to cheat, Adam Cole, uh, you know, the hot tag, and, you know, it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very interesting choice of opponents. I know it's a blind eliminator, but let's not take the piss, you know. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. I'll, 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 look, Tony, please. You don't have to, you know, be hyping this up all week, man. Just fucking announce it. If you need the guy, just announced it last week, you know. Just I don't know. Daddy Magic and the Butcher is pretty inspired. For, I'm not saying they're good, but, like, that's, that's got big blind eliminated energy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I, my thing is, I would just announce it last week instead of, you know, being in suspense, you know. No, I get really. that, yeah. He probably yeah. should have figured out the bracket before he, before he started announcing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This definitely Probably, felt yeah. this definitely felt like he showed up to catering, <laughs> looked around and said, Oh shit, who's gonna wrestle? Matt Menard and Butcher you're up. There was a fascinating moment in this match where the crowd just inexplicably like, just started trying why so red at the butcher, which was like a <laughs> moment in time. Um I mean it is what it is, you know. My, I like this. Max was tremendous here when he was as mm-hmm. you said, he tried to get Cole to cheat. He was even funnier in the entrance, circling Cole in it. <laughs> There was a lot to like here, and uh, oh yeah, you know the butcher and Menard. What I totally get from a sort of uh, belt of bell, they were definitely it was a fun one off to have these two kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. cartoon character villains pair up. To me, anyway, so I like this a lot. Yeah, I just I think MJF was awesome uh, during all mm-hmm. the entertainment part. Him copying Roddy to do undisputed was just just great stuff. I mean, oh, you can't you can't write this stuff down. I mean, it's just great stuff. So. <laughs> The crowd was super into this, so like I didn't realize how loud they were because of like when we were watching it on the stream, I had my TV quite low, but when I rewatched it earlier, they were so loud. I didn't realize that, but they were super into it, which is cool. I thought it was a fun match. For, for, like, for like what it was and who they were wrestling, it was a really fun match. And Max and Cole's dynamic together, like the post-match stuff was some of the funniest shit I've seen on a Dynamite. Like that's meant to be funny in a long time. So My, my, favorite, my favorite stuff is when people were saying uh, the confetti or the streamers falling on MGF was planned. I said, no, no. I mean, they, they always fall to that side. It they, always they... happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just awesome. Uh I didn't know if I was going to like this duo, this dynamic duo, but they're actually really fun, and uh, they're going to be a great tag team to watch for this two weeks that they're doing it, maybe three. Well, I'm really glad you're enjoying it, Mama. I am. I am indeed. Uh, after, after they get the win, MJF asks Adam Cole if he wants to do a bro session this weekend, which was a very interesting way of wording it, of course, for comedic effect, you know, and, you know, they hit the right notes. Um and yeah, Adam Cole gives in. He's all fuck it, worn up, you know. Uh, so there, yeah, bro session this weekend. Adam Cole and MJF. So looking forward to another video package of that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, as Adam Cole's about to get in the ring, MJF stops him and he says to him, "Happy birthday!" It was Adam Cole's birthday yesterday, and 
there's a whole, you know, there's a whole, you know, like a little mini party for him arranged by MJF. You know, he had a bunch of people come out from the back. They've got cake. They've got everything. You know, they all get in the ring. MJF is singing songs, singing happy birthday to him. He's going for it 100%. It's beautiful stuff. You know, uh, and yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, after the fun is starting to settle down, MJF says there's one last thing to do, make a wish. You know, you got to make a wish. And uh, as Adam Cole leans into the cake to make his wish, MJF goes to smash his face into the cake, but he fails with Adam Cole. He switches it around on it. MJF ends up with cake on his face. And, um, yeah, I guess a significant part of all this uh, song and dance, literally, was uh, at the end of this, Adam Cole kind of, he leans down to MJF and he says that he appreciates that he went through all this for him for his birthday and thank you, my friend. And uh, yeah, man, we got, it looks like this relationship's growing, man. It's beautiful stuff, Joe. I don't know if he should, I don't think he should trust MJF. It's very much, um, you know, dumb sting from back in the day, you know, <laughs> like, why would you trust yeah. MJF? It don't make any sense, you know. Um, thus far he is a step ahead at least hopefully they keep that because I agree with you um, this Max is so tremendous in these segments like him telling the camera that he was going to push Colin to the birthday cake is like such a tremendous like dickhead behaviour you know like <laughs> you, says it, you knew it was going to backfire which makes it even better I will say and Ben brings up in the chat and this is not a hindsight thing because I was kind of I was bullish on this when it was happening but I get why he wants to be a heel and it's like he's staying his bread and butter. But a lot when I watch Max like tease the baby face thing, a big part of me is like he should probably just be the top baby face in the company. Like they yeah. love him, genuine. They absolutely wow. love him. And I felt that way at Full Gear. I was big on the idea that he just won as a baby face, and that that was the guy. And I, I get why people are torn on it. I totally understand. But they are so willing to play along when he goes in this direction. They are so ready to cheer him. And it's like that isn't. You know, a common trait that if you if you can do it, do it. That's that's the that's the biggest role in the business. So that's a small thing. It has nothing to do with the segment, but uh, I thought I'd bring it up. But I love the segment. I love what these guys are doing. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, like, with the direction it's in, and we're going in like with the build, like because it's quite a weird feud with Max. You know, especially with yeah. the heavy-handed teasing of him turning baby face, and you know, it just felt like it was time for that kind of some sort of character development in that sense. You know. And it's kind of been more, and obviously MJF is great, but he has kind of been more of the same MJF, you know, right. with his yeah. total reign. Um, I definitely would have been all, I would have been all in on the uh, babyface turn if it would have came at that point. Uh, I'm sure it will come at some point in the future, sure. but uh, timing's very important in professional wrestling, and um, you know, uh, this kind of leads on to an extended conversation, but I'll I'll get into it after we finish the Dynamite review, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, anyone else? Anyone else on this MJF, Adam Cole, happy birthday, sing and dance, et cetera, et cetera? I just love how like into it people are. Like Not even just the crowd, Like it's getting over huge online as well. And it's going to make the turn like even more bittersweet. Look at that picture, man. <laughs> what's, ha- what's happening? <laughs> my bad, I had to blow my nose, I don't know. I didn't mean to distract the show. My intention was not to, but I forgot that was my. Anyway, carry on, Charlie. My bad. 
But yeah, no, this hair's gonna be even more bittersweet. And like, I saw a few people talking about it online with the way that Cole's acting, people don't know who's gonna turn. Like, I think it's very obvious that it's gonna be MJF, but I do like the fact that they've got this dynamic that they're just like, wow, maybe it could be Cole that's the dick here. Like, because he's taken advantage of Max trying to do all like these nice things for him. So it's interesting. And I am actually excited to see where it goes and who turns on yeah. who, because I still think it's going <laughs> to be Max, but it'd be a hell of a swerve if it's Cole. It's quite you got you, you got Joe's gears turning and I, I could mm-hmm. physically I could visibly <laughs> see his brain. <laughs> I said I said on your stream, I said, Why is Adam Cole being such a dick to MGF? I mean he's being nice to him. You have to really like you have to go so far with it for, for it to yeah. not feel like just what MJF deserves. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. like it'd be interesting. I guess that's kind of what they did with Jericho and Owens back in the day, right? I guess. In the end, it was just Jericho actually sincerely likes him and Kev turned on him. I, I was, you know, the kind of granted that took place over around eight months though. So I haven't got the time, but but I, I'm intrigued by the idea. I'm intrigued by it, definitely. Yeah, man, especially after what we were just talking about with MJF being a babyface, yeah. you know. Uh you know, there's been a million, you know, you know, double turn, they should do it, yeah. you know. You hear it all you hear it like once every year, you know. But yeah. I can't maybe, wait just maybe. It'd be interesting, especially Oh, sorry, Manny, go on. No, I was going to say, I just can't wait for the eventual, like, Adam Cole gives him a scarf or whatever. And, like, you know when they give him a clipboard? You already gave him one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, uh, didn't he do it with Sammy? It was Sammy, right? Didn't he give Sammy yeah. the scarf? Yeah. yeah. You're getting your MJF best friend angles mixed here, bro. Oh, he does it a lot, you know? I wasn't watching the Fed back then, I don't know. It wasn't the fact but fair. No. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, man, I just, just... Oh, we're talking about Sammy Guevara. I think you're talking about like, Sammy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> he, he remembers oh, so little of oh, no. you know. He's just decided it's WWE now. Yeah, just... but, um, yeah, I definitely think it'd be interesting, especially with like this CM Punk heel turn that's definitely coming up and CM Punk doing like his whole title bit in that and them inevitably, like they're going to clash eventually again. And like, you can't, like, I guess you could do it as them both being heels, but I think it would be a much better program if MJF's a baby face and Punk's a heel, so. It also makes, you know, like, you know, Adam, MJF, would, no, Adam Cole was MJF's uh, hero, too, so it'd be a good yeah. wrinkle. Another another hero turns on him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amazing. It's interesting. Um, all right, next up, we've got Britt Baker promo. No, yeah, it's just basically putting over the match. She's about to have Ruby Soho. She's brought the Owen Hart tournament belt with her. And, uh, yeah, man, she's, she's fired up. She's ready to go. Uh, yeah, Britt Baker, of course, she was ill last week. So, you know, it's good to see that she was, uh, you know, at least uh, well enough to get cleared and wrestle, you know. Um, all right. Next up, we kind of, we're back with Jericho. We're back with Chris Jericho. And, um, he, Joe referenced it earlier, you know. Uh, he basically tells Sammy and Sammy and Daniel Garcia are kind of there, and they're kind of like, "What the fuck's going on?" You know, <laughs> I thought you were sticking with us. We need you. You know what I mean? And Jericho's doing the whole, you know, it's time for you to see if you can develop and move on, and you know, whatever it is, you can't be under his wing forever. You know, very uh, interesting interesting stuff and it is also revealed here by Renee who just happens to coincidentally know that um, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara very randomly 
are tagging together in the Blind Eliminator tournament. They kind of Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. So uh, interesting development on the Jericho character side. Um, Garcia may finally be getting free of the JAS, bro. This this could be happening, Joe. I think they may be winning this tournament, to be fair. So, you know, mm-hmm. depends on what you consider the JAS, I guess. But, uh, yeah, this was – Jericho's tone in this was hilarious. Like, truly hysterical. Like, the way he spoke to these guys. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but it was, which is the most important thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought they were going to do the Sammy Danny team, like, six months ago. Mm-hmm. When they first Remember when he was put in charge? He was, like, going to be his mentor. Yeah, that just kind of went away, and so now they get to go back to it, which will be fun. It's a different dynamic now because Sammy's more of a baby face, so we'll see what they do. I'm, I'm sure they'll have fun matches, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Sammy's, uh, you know, Sammy more of a baby face. It depends who you ask, bro. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, that's the idea. People seem split on that idea, but it is an idea, and so we'll see. Hey, man. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, what else we got? Uh, yeah, Charlie. What do you think of this Sammy, this Sammy Danny development? You know, we're gonna be Never. losing Buddy Jericho. What's going on? Yeah, I, I like. I've been like kind of on board with them doing this like JES split story, but they've gone a completely different direction than I was first anticipating. Like Jericho just kind of seems to be like ushering them away now, and it's like okay, I guess, like, this is what I wanted, but I didn't expect it to happen like this, but uh, Sammy and Danny, like, they're a good, like, the few tag matches they did have, like, they're a good tag team, it'll be fun, I can't remember who they're wrestling, but it's bound to be fun, and if they win the tournament, it would be pretty cool as well. They're wrestling mm-hmm. Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, you yeah, know, we did talk about this. Yeah, yeah that'll be yeah. fun, I think, maybe. We'll see. I think potentially, mm-hmm. maybe. I wonder um, what that match looks like. Manny, what are you hoping to see happen with the JAS going forward? Uh, a breakup. I mean, I'm not. I'm not really invested in the JAS. I mean, I'm more invested in Danny Garcia. I, I can really care less about the Sammy. What do you want him to do? I mean, if it, he he gets free of the JAS, you know, what what do you want him to do? Be the TNT champion, and just you know, just have have a master class of performances. You know? could definitely do. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's. I think mm-hmm. he's just. I think he's just at a another level. You know, or he's like a tier below MJF when it comes to the younger talent. So I mean, I just think he's being wasted on what he's doing now, and I think there's a higher seat calling for him in AEW. Yeah, man, he's great. Uh, we would love Daniel Garcia here, so uh, we'll see what the future holds for him and, uh, with all this. All right, next up, Owen Hart eliminate Owen Hart tournament. Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. Um, this is certainly a match. A lot of interference. Um, Britt Baker loses. Pinball Ruby Soho, uh, Outcast, of course, were involved. They were involved a lot during this match. And, um, you know, it was certainly a match. It was certainly a match. Those of you, of course, who was watching the uh, live stream, he was being very polite about it. But, you know, um, I don't think oh, I was... Yeah. <laughs> you were asking people start ratings before it went into it. And then you're just... <laughs> I said going into it, over or under, three stars. And basically, everyone said over oh, except for Manny. <laughs> and Manny, you could tell Manny didn't almost didn't want to say it under because he felt spiteful, which is like, 
you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty fair game, right? Yeah. Then, then I went, I went like two on it. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's just two. I mean, it's like what are you... they went out there, they they did their thing. I mean, did they? Whatever their thing was, they did it. <laughs> did they? <laughs> I mean, I, I like Ruby Soho a lot, and I think Britt Baker, of course, is a big star, and I think she's definitely capable of a bit more than what we saw of her last night. Um, but this just was not their um. Maybe they just don't have the best chemistry because last year mm. in the Owen it wasn't the greatest showing for either of them. So um the... I don't know. Maybe I'm just a big fat hater, Joe. What do you reckon? No, this was quite bad, unfortunately. Um mm. the Owen match was a, the last year's Owen final was a lot better than this. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it was like a classic, but it was a, this match was pretty rough. I mean, Britt is she hasn't wrestled a singles match, I think, like I mean, I actually like to know when, but it's been a while since I watched one. Um, and, you know, she was ill last week, so I'm not trying to be dramatic about it, but this match was quite bad. There was multiple, like, moments where they were doing things that would half-speed would be generous, unfortunately. I like Ruby a lot, and Britt, as you said, is a big star. And let's be fair, Britt has been terrific in the uh, in tag matches. I think mean, it goes without saying, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, it's slightly different here with the singles, but she's better than she showed here. This was just a, a mm, rough definitely. night. A tough, tough night. The best thing we did during the stream was comparing her to uh, all, oh, as like cool. <laughs> people were making up all all these all Japan names for her, like Brutusara. Brutusara. That was such a good pick. Wait, what? <laughs> what was the? Because I Manny said something and it just started. I said, yeah, I said she's like Akira Tawe. You know, she's no she's no Kobashi. Oh, that's that insane thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing about Britt that is I can't believe an agent has not scrubbed the shit from her. The thing where she fills like all gaps with those forearms, mm-hmm. I can't believe she still does it. It always looks bad. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah, she'll kind of like, like she'll have like a gap. She'll have like <laughs> a bit of room to fill, like some time to kill. And she just she'll throw these little like four on, and they always look bad. And I just don't know how no one has said to like do something else. It's no big deal. It's you have, that's the, the the skill of a professional wrestling is not being able to do everything. It's selecting things you do well. Yeah. You know? Some of her stuff looks good, but she always does it, and it drives me nuts. So I have to say, very annoying for me personally as a quirk, but nonetheless. The the other name that was so funny was the Britta Tony, uh, but Benoki. So they just, huh? What's that? That, again? Was, that was some good one. Man, I'll need you that again. That was incredible. It was a Britta Tony Bonoki. <laughs> what What was the uh, what was you know, it's Britoshi Bakamoto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, any, any like ja- Japanese oh, no. legend you could think of, yeah. like, people, fl- people had one somehow. I died when somebody in Twitch said, why does the blade look like a white mudo? And I just... (laughs) 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 We had a good time on there last night, you know. Pretty Dozan, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, But yeah, man, Brit Bay, it wasn't the best (laughs) outing. We know both of them are capable of more, so it's not the end of the world, you know. Uh, Ruby Soho advances. She has a little stare down with Squad Blue after, which the way that came together was very interesting as me (laughs) me and Charlie were so baffled. It was so strange. (laughs) Because the outcasts go into the back and, like, Squad Blue comes, like, 
I don't know how it worked. Like, no, she, they, 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 they went down back. the ramp and they came, yeah. No, because they went through like the side that Sky Blue came out of two seconds later. Like they must have passed each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way they couldn't have unless yeah, Sky Blue was uh... hiding behind a curtain. Yeah. It was so fucking bizarre. Yeah, I came to the conclusion they just went the wrong side. I think they're supposed to go on the upper. Um, yeah, because of there. fucking Ruby went out the other side. Of yeah. <laughs> Hmm. It was very strange. Interesting. But yeah, stay down with Sky Blue, who she'll be facing in the next round. Hopefully that will be uh, an improvement on this round, you know? Um, that should be a solid match. Yeah, man. And, uh, I, main event time, people. <coughs> event. Weirdo Utah versus Kenny Omega. Bro, look Kenny at Omega. What the fuck's happening to Manny? What, you He's been bro. doing that for the last like, 10 seconds, bro. Look at him. What happened? Right, I, didn't, I, I didn't get to mute, uh, turn off my camera in time. I started coughing. <laughs> is, that how, is that just how you cough? Bro? Is that like a normal cough for you? No, I mean, I'm on camera. I don't know. I, something went I don't know. My throat's like really dry right now. I've been in the hot sun all day. Don't worry, man. I'm not mad at you. I just want to check if you're right. <laughs> Checking in, mate. You know? well, he was trying to suffocate himself. He, he, he's, he had his shirt pulled up, but he looked like it was getting worse. <laughs> Yeah, because I couldn't make it to my camera in time and turn it off, so I, I don't want to yeah, I'm not Honestly, I'm not worried about it. I'm just worried about you, mate. That's all. Don't, as long yeah, as you're all right, that's right. Don't worry about the camera. There's a storm coming, man. Tell me about it. I just... <laughs> right. Anyway, the main event, Monty, as you were saying. Main event, where are you versus Kenny Omega? Kenny Omega's all taped up, you know. He's selling that Tiger driver just as he should, you know. Um, but yeah, man, this is, of course, it is. Really good match, man. Really good match. You, of course, steps up, you know. They're just kind of whacking each other. They're doing the dance, you know. Absolutely. Omega, of course, in this single setting, it's always a treat, you know. Um, you, whenever he's called upon against top stars like this, he always steps up and he always brings a certain level of intensity that you would love to see out of any young wrestler who's given a position like this, you know. Um, this was really good stuff. Of course, he did have some... You know, interference from Don Callis. He comes out just to distract the referees and Takeshita in his amazing jacket. He uh, he grabs Kenny Omega, hits him with a blue thunderbomb. You hits him with a splash, and he makes for a really good near fall. And um, yeah, and basically after this, to kind of it feels like the you know they're right out of time. You know, I think it would be pretty fair to say um, because yeah, basically from from that point, it is literally like Kenny Omega gets up, hits him with one winged angel. To get out of there, you know. Um, um, and of course, there's the time, and they're kind of trying to get through this angle as well, where you know the Blackpool Combat Club to come down and they're all like kicking the shit out of Kenny Omega, and then the Bucks and Hangman come down to even up the odds, and uh, they even up the odds, and they get, I believe, it Utah. They get Utah about to hit with the chair. Can't remember. Was it Claudio? They get someone. I think they get. Claudio. Yeah, no, it was Claudio because you was on yeah. the floor. Okay, so they get about the picture after. Yeah. yeah, okay, so Claudio, Claudio, you know, they grab him. They're about to hit, him, about to nail him with the chair, and then the dark order come from beyond to take the chair away. And it's like, what are they doing here? You know, <laughs> why are they here? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that was fucking shitty order, bro. Just <laughs> ruin, ruining everything. <laughs> I can always trust Manny to voice my thoughts without me having to ask. Shitty order is like <laughs> crazy, bro. It's not even like crazy. If you just, just switch it out, dog, for shitty. <laughs> <laughs> how am I supposed to think? 
What am I supposed to think the Dark Order are world beaters, man? They're in there with the BCC, and look, it's bad enough. I, I, I like expand my my imagination for the elite, you know, and it's just like then I got to worry about freaking Evo Uno coming out here just <laughs> menacing with his mask and freaking John Silver, like. I don't know, freaking silvering around. I don't know, bro. He's just, I don't know. None of this is good. No, this is good. This is bad. I, yeah. yeah. I bad. don't disagree, but it's just the name was incredible. That's all. Hey, man. What do you think of the match on Monday? Oh, I thought it was awesome. I, I'm always blown away by it. I'm always shocked about how good uh, Yuta is. Yeah. And just when he's in these, I'm going to, I might have to call him Big Match Yuta, bro. He comes in here with these big matches and just fucking does great shit. I mean, uh, he's, and Kenny, man, he's an artist in this ropes. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that I'm still blown away by that uh, unit counter of the one-winged angel into that pin attempt, and he couldn't grab the leg, so Kenny kicked yeah. out of it to protect his finisher. It was just, that's just awesome. That's just that's so cool, beautiful pro wrestling. Great stuff. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Joe, big fan of this main event. Oh, yeah. This was terrific. I mean, to, to Manny's point about the, the seatbelt pin, you can see they've really got that over the crowd because they absolutely mm-hmm. built on that as a finish. Like they 100% yeah. thought he was going to pin him with that, which is awesome. That's why you do that and repetition works still. But terrific match that Kenny is so synonymous with the big, like kind of booming, epic classic match. There is a real sense that you're getting a treat when he works one of these in addition to it, right? Like in the last couple of weeks now, we've got, we've got both because he, it felt to me like, this stru- the structure of this match was very f- free-flowing. Like, in fear of going full sicko, you could very much see Kenny directing traffic at times. Very, very much. In the ad break, you grabbed a hold. You could see Kenny was mapping stuff out. And again, as a, as a great big fucking loser, that pops me because that really is doing the dance, right? It's like, I'm not going to do the nerdy thing, but like, actually, it's better then. Like, obviously, it's not as good as the Osprey match. It's not intended to be. But this is like perfect TV wrestling. You know, like, it had just it had the, the bombs at the end and the excitement. But he really made Yuta look terrific by giving him so much. And he used the injury to kind of explain that. So Kenny Omega is at a point now where because of kind of how he's used and how good he is, every time he wrestles, you have that like reminder that shouldn't be a reminder of like, oh, maybe Kenny's actually the best wrestler in the world. You know, like (laughs) without fail, that happens to me when I see him wrestle. Not because I think anyone's better than him any other time. It's just one of those deals when you actually watch him in a singles match, which we don't get as many of these days, it's like, it just feels like a treat. That's the best way I can explain it. This was no different. Uter is remarkable. Um, they had a really, really good TV match. Tremendous stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. Charlie, you agree? Yes, absolutely. Like, Kenny's selling on the Yukon Escape, where he, like, fumbled it, where he, before he, like, was able to get to the top rope or whatever. Like, that was really good as well. Like, calling, but, like, referencing the fact that his body is still really broken down after the um the Osprey match and like Holbert was saying, like he was giving Uta a lot, but Uta was making it work. Like those German yes. suplexes with the bridges, they looked awesome. Like and Kenny was selling great for him and Uta's gotten so good at working the crowd as well. Like he was like really healing it up for him in like his little shit way. It was just really good. I loved the match a lot. I was really into it. And, like, I'm not going to lie, I did also kind of bite on, like, the seatbelt finisher, like, the pin. Like, that almost got me. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> is he actually going to pin him again? But, um, no, it was really good. They have a lot of really good chemistry between them. Yeah, man, it's really good stuff. Really good main event. 
the closing angle, like I said, it was kind of rushed, as was kind of like the finish mm. of this, to be honest. But, um, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. Um, Dark Order involved. Seems like they're kind of, you know, we was, a few of us were saying on the podcast last week, or can't, wherever we were saying it might have been group chats, I don't know. But it's like, after that match, it was like, you know, maybe that's, you know, We've seen yeah. enough of this, you know, sort of thing. But it's like, nah, they're going. Seems like they're going even harder with it. Uh, yeah. Looks like they're really going to be involved in this storyline. So, um, speaking of this storyline, going to switch this to uh, the news that's came out today of who the fifth men will be in the Blood and Guts match because there is a mystery member to be added on both sides, the Blackpool Combat side and also the Elite side. So, on the Elite side, it seems like there has been some significant movement. Manny's already pumping his fist. It's big news, to be honest, because um, Kota Ibushi is the name that I'm talking about, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he has reportedly been having conversations with AEW, which is a very significant movement, considering how long he's been a free agent and how kind of little we've heard about someone really going in for signing him, you know, and making something happen, because it's been expected ever since he left New Japan, you know. Um, of course, he'd done the GCW stuff on um, Mania Weekend, but that's basically it. There was, of course, talk of him getting hurt during that. But, um, you know, again, it's it's been very, you know, nothing too concrete coming out of the Kota Ibushi side until today, reported by Father Select, as I just said. Conversations are happening with AEW. Uh, apparently, most of the talent that Fightful spoke to this week are of the belief that he would be joining the company, at least in some capacity, specifically for the upcoming Blood and Guts show, of course, as we were just talking about. Um, it also says that a source close to Ibushi in Japan has said that he's planned to work the show. So, um, definitely, definitely substantial movement. Koto Ibushi, of course, being on the elite side, would be definitely fantasy booking, you know, uh, something that people have wanted for a while. Uh, Charlie, I know you've predicted every week that it's going to be Kota Ibushi <laughs> week. <laughs> I've been saying this for a while now. But yeah, man, you fought, you've you followed up about this news development. Hopefully it does, you know, obviously, like I said, nothing's, nothing's confirmed right now, but it yeah. looks like it's trending that way. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Like, if it's not Ibushi at this point, like, what the hell are they doing? Because, like, who else could it even be? Like... I don't know, man, but no, I'm very excited about this. I'm not getting my hopes up for Ibushi signing with AEW. I don't know whether that's going to be what happens here, but I definitely think this will at least be a one-off appearance. And it's going to be incredible, and I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, man, it would be a, it'd be a great get, even if it was just on occasional mm-hmm. appearances, you know. Um, yeah. It's Ibushi, man. Like, he's a... <laughs> you don't anyone that's seen enough of him doesn't have to be sold on him too much you know yeah. like he's uh he's spectacular man. um especially in ring so would be a great get from joe what do you make mm-hmm. of um ibushi potentially being the fifth man fifth man for the elite at blood and guts and uh just the idea of him being in blood and guts because anyone who's watched ibushi knows that yeah. that guy is fucking crazy you know <laughs> so like, the, the idea of him in blood and guts would definitely be very interesting so what do you reckon Josh? absolutely that's well, very exciting i mean there was always a sense of kind of inevitability to kota Ibushi in AEW, right like kind of the the sense that as charlie said even if it's not a full-time deal he'll do something there um 
because it's important to know this is not one of just one of the great wrestlers in recent memory. It's also a guy who you can't tell Kenny Omega's story without Kota Ibushi. Yeah. And you can't tell AEW's story without Kenny Omega, right? So there was always this sense that organically we would end up in here in some form or fashion. I think, you know, considering that, I think this is a pretty good place to do it. I mean, I think the feud itself, naturally, Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite is like, it's probably past its peak. But if you want to change that for blood and guts, Kurobushi can be a very, very quick fix in that regard. Like, yeah. if you add him to add him to that graphic, very quickly, it will feel like the, the feud is peaking once again. So, um, 100%. it's tremendous. I, and I, I agree with you too, just beyond anything else, him in this environment could be, I mean, this could be something else. I mean, this could be a hell of a <laughs> yeah. ride because he's nuts. He's I said that with love. Nuts, yeah. Bro. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely nuts. So, I'm fired up. Absolutely. It's going to be tremendous. And the reaction is going to be great. You just know it's going to be great. So, yeah, 100%. It'll be. Probably uh, one that we'll remember and will be clipped up for years to come, you know, when Ibushi steps out on a uh, dynamite stage. Um, Manny, yes. you're excited about the idea of Kota Ibushi in Blood and Guts. And just in AEW in general, no? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think he might actually sign, but he might have one of those pack deals where, you know, you show up right. when you want kind of a deal. Cause, yeah. uh, good deal, isn't it? It's a good deal. <laughs> Because uh, I'm just going off of what Kenny said, because uh, people were recording what he said after the show, and yeah. like, to quote, he said, "He lo- like they love this business, this company, and these men." I mean, you don't say that if a guy is not, if a guy loved that company, I would think you know he's going to stay with them for a bit. So yeah, that and uh, I just can't wait to see like murder Ibushi, just like no sell people strikes and during like blood and guts and all that. Like imagine like. Say if uh, Jericho's in the match, imagine him like no selling the Judas effect or whatever. Just mm. it'd be awesome. I don't, I know Jericho won't let that happen, but it'd just be funny to see. And him no selling one of Claudio's uppercuts would be fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It'd be so beast. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be awesome. Just imagine all the matchups we're gonna see with Ibushi on and on AEW and all these weird, unique matches. So I just can't wait mm-hmm. to see them happen. Very scary to think of a Bushi getting to the top of that cage like they did last year. You know, oh, the idea, the oh, ideas God. he may have up there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. He's nuts, man. Um, I think it's fair to say that he would be all of our guests. For... That's great booking right there. I'm sorry, Monty. Murder Bushi versus Roosh. Yeah. That, that, that's some great shit right there, man. Of course, I mean, of course. That's incredible. Almost it's Roosh. <laughs> like, I know it's like Manny. Manny. Yeah. You're right. It's Manny's bit, but that is also like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's real. I mean, there's, there's, like, there's a good 20, 30, 40 wrestlers on the AEW roster. Absolutely. Imagine Ibushi versus Andrade. There you go. This is what I mean, bro. We could do this for an hour. <laughs> you know, we could do this for an hour. Ibushi's that good. Um, I also don't want to say breaking news that Claudio is wrestling uh, Mark Briscoe. They made yeah. that official. Hold ahead of the times, mate. Ahead of the times. He's a genius, some say. Um, I've said that. I think, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's pretty fair to say that Ibushi's all of our guesses to be the elite's yeah. fifth man at this point yeah. after that thoughtful yeah. select report. So um, let's talk about the Blackpool Combat Club side. Because I know Manny thinks it's Chris Hero. Tell us why, man. He's lost some weight and he's just working backstage at AEW. And he, he's just another guy. He's just another guy yeah. that, like, is, if if Moxley's just That's taking, what it's all about, you know, if if Moxley's just taking jabs at uh, 
at Kingston and all that, and you know, like he's mad that he brought Ishii and all these other guys to, to mess with him. You can just bring in Chris Hero to mess with Eddie Kingston. That's not even there. And he's like, well, you got another yeah. scumbag, you know, that's tagging with you, and you brought back you brought back Kings of Wrestling. So that's mm. what I'm saying. I mean, maybe yeah. I don't know. That's that's, that's just yeah, just my, that, yeah. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah. There's a Chris Hero. There's a Chris Hero. Um, the background to that thought process. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, I mean, maybe getting Chris Hero and building guts according to the Hooper. Uh, Hulbert, who's your guess for the Blackpool Combat Club's fifth man? Chris Jericho. You're going with Jericho? <laughs> yeah. Sorry to um, hear that, mate. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's obviously really weird him being on that team, but it'll be more would be that he's like Don's second guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't love it, but they did the segment this week, and it's like, I just would say it's more likely than Chris Hero. Hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully Manny's right. Yeah, yeah. out of the two names I've heard so far, I would tend to lean towards uh, Chris Jericho as a prediction. Chris Hero would probably pop me more, if I'm being honest. But, uh, oh, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, the thing with the so. Hero deal is, I, there's no way of asking this about like, to you, being Joe. dismissive. Okay, <laughs> well, Um the, It's hard to ask this about seeming <laughs> Before I go any further, I think Chris Hero is incredible, well, was an incredible wrestler. Obviously, mm-hmm. we haven't seen him wrestle in a few years, but like, like, is there, how do I put this? Like, is there like a great, you know, desperation among the wrestling fans that fill these arenas to see Chris Hero? Or is it just like us? If it's just us, it's fine. I'm not, genuinely, that's fine. But like, if Chris Hero came out on Dynamite, would people be like, you yeah, fucking so would... <laughs> Yeah, like, I genuinely don't, because how long has it been? I mean, Chris, he hasn't wrestled since, what, 2020? Yeah. And as great a career as he had, unfortunately, <clears throat> And it's a crime, before I go any further, it's an absolute crime, this is the case, but very little of his career made you know, the national stage, right? I mean, it is what it is, mm. but yeah. I don't know. I just don't I'm have going to put him in this one, I guess what I'm saying. Chris Hero comes out in the TD Garden with a Larry Bird jersey. <laughs> you know what? That's That's mad. Mad. It's a niche within a niche with Chris Hero. I'd love to see yeah. it. I think it'd be awesome, but yeah. he wouldn't be. We are that guess. niche, to be clear, yeah. right? So, like, I have yeah, no we beef, are. I just... I just wonder. I genuinely don't know what the read is on mm-hmm. where Chris, what kind of reaction Chris would get. Imagine or what kind of the response. I'm telling you, a bloody, a bloody bird jersey, man. It's gonna do something to that Boston crowd. You swear me with these jerseys, man. You swear. <laughs> right. So there's been. I want the chat to do throwing their predictions as well of who yes. they think it's gonna be. Um, there is already a few in there. Um, yeah, I don't have a solid guess, but like pure self-indulgent booking. I just want it to be El Desperado now. So I've convinced myself. Young Kasai would definitely be uh Oh fuck that'd yeah. Be... <laughs> I pop huge for yeah. that. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus <laughs> um, just, just get me a death batch guy in there, that's all I want now. Despy, yeah, Jun Kasai, yeah. one of them. Nigel. Oh well, I mean we're sa- we're saving him for the big stage. Really? We <laughs> Hey, listen, let him talk, right? <laughs> let him talk. And then, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I, I'm, I'm thinking they're. I really think. I mean, if Yuta's really hurt, I mean, they're gonna have to add another guy to it anyway. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You seem really conflicted, then, Manny. Oh, bro, if he gets that gig, that would be so Because look, look, I don't, I don't want to be worked, but I'm a pro wrestling fan, and I don't know, man. This is, I don't know if it's an ankle. Or if you shoot hurt, 
Nick Cage. Brackets is incredible. Yeah. The thought of Homicide and Ibushi coming face to face is just an incredible visual. This is very good. That's very good. Because you could do a deal where Jericho turns the spot down. Mm-hmm. Before, like he thinks Don's gonna ask him again, and he turns it down. And Don says, "We've already got the guy for it, and it's Garcia, you know." And that could be like a that could be a hell of a deal. Garcia, yeah. leave, you know. You said, "Let me go on my own." That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, look, you're looking hell of a deal. <laughs> I'm telling you, you I'm telling you, homicide coming down, uh, revealing like a fork that he has wrapped up and all that, that he's ready to stab people with it. It helps so I cut a promo about blood and guts, you know. See where that goes. <laughs> and then Maybe some real up, graps, you know. Then it says homicide one eight seven. His theme song just comes out and all that. Yeah, just some real shit. Hey man, but yeah, dynamite was um, it was all right, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't nothing. It was nothing to frown about, you know. It was. What nothing... I would say is watching live. <laughs> At that time, the pacing was a bit much bigger issue for me. And I, I settled on it. It was okay. It, it, the pacing was an issue for me live. Once I was able to next down my rewatch, just what, focus on the segments themselves, I thought there was a lot of good stuff on the show. And I normally liked it. I do think the last two weeks have had, I'll put it this way. It's not the prettiest phrasing, but it's very undynamite, the pacing yeah. of the play, you know? And it's still sometimes Tony goes through these phases where he seems somewhat torn on like the identity of the show. It's very strange. Yeah. Because this is a good show, but it didn't to me feel necessarily like the dynamite we we come to expect, which isn't a problem if you want to change that. But it does take some adjusting to, but I still like the show personally. There's a lot of good stuff on it. Yeah, man. Uh, Manny, I know you're watching it live on the watch along, so you didn't manage to catch uh you didn't manage to lock in for the show because you was entertaining the, the millions and millions at home. Um, but what did you think of the show overall, man? <clears throat> no, all I'm going to say is I'm glad I watched it on the stream because I would have been... I don't know if I would have been able to get through it. You know, Violent, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're a collider. I, we, understand. Right, I, we understand. No, no that's how I did, bro. I, I saw the lineup and I said... Thank God I'm on stream. At least I could be talking to people about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the expectation with the lineup was definitely um, the bar was set pretty low, you know, going into the yeah. show at least last night. I think, you know, like I said, it was all right, you know, uh, the pacing, as Joe said, uh, all the video packages included, you know, you know, just the way that they move through the show, the pacing's all over the place with Dynamite. It has been through its, through its if, history. Like, if, it changes and, you know, they'll yeah. do, they'll go through six weeks of like one wave and they'll change it up and do it another way. And it seems like the past few weeks they're doing that again. So All I'm going to say is I'm glad I was on stream because if it wasn't, I probably would have left to go eat a lot earlier than I did after the show, after the stream. Mm-hmm. God bless you, mate. You made it. Charlie, what did you think of the show overall? Um, I think it was a fun watch. The pacing's definitely strange. Like, with the video packages, I don't necessarily mind it, but I don't feel like they were split up that great. It felt very condensed at one point, where it was just here's a, yet another one about like yet another different thing. So if they'd split them up a bit more, it probably would have been a bit better. But yeah, man, they just keep changing the pacing, and it's like it keeps you on your feet, I guess. But I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm not sure on it myself, you know. Um, but yeah, I think AEW at the moment, they're really... Um, I don't know, man. There's certain issues that we kind of touched on today, like whether it, even like down to uh, the MJF, like babyface stuff, and the the tag division, and kind of like, wow, that's floating. I think the show overall, Dynamite specifically, is really, really struggling from like a, um, a not really, really struggling. Might be a bit dramatic, but um, I think they could really do with having a main protagonist. You know, like a yeah. clear-cut yeah. main protagonist. You know, because um, you know you could all you could of course you could argue like is it Adam Cole because he's challenging for the title right now? Is it Kenny Omega? Is it Hangman Adam Page? You know, none of it's like very defined in that sense. Like who is the main protagonist? You know, um, and I just think that when it comes to wrestling TV, anytime any any company's gone on a successful run, there's always been that part of the TV. Yeah. You know, um, even if you look at WWE now, bro, like um, with WWE on Raw specifically, like they're um, they're actually sport for choice. You know, you've got you've got mm-hmm. Seth Rollins who's over as fuck. Some people would argue it's him. You know, some people would argue that like he's the most over babyface currently. And of course, there's Cody Rhodes who's been absolutely insanely over since he walked into the company, and it would be very easy to argue that he's the main protagonist. Yeah. Um, so they're sport for choice, you know, whereas like AEW, it's kind of like, you know, um, you can't pick a definitive one, but for the opposite reason, you know. And yeah, I just honestly, it kind of leads, it leads to me and my stance that I've been on for months now, that Kenny Omega should be the world champion at this promotion. Um, I think it would help Dynamite a lot, especially, you know, it would help solidify the BCC elite business and make it kind of like for all the marbles, you know, if Kenny Omega and Takeshita, for example, is for the world title, if Kenny Omega versus, I don't know, Ibushi's the, you know, make Kenny Omega the definitive main character of Dynamite, you know, the main protagonist. I think that's kind of what the, uh, the show just needs it, man. Even in the tag division, you need to decide who your main protagonist is and go with it and give the people something really to invest in, raise the stakes, make it as uh, big as possible. And then, Go for it. I just think Kenny Omega's the guy, though, to be honest, at the moment. Yeah. He's like, even with, um, like, even with his Ibushi stuff, bro, it's like, yeah, Ibushi's a phenomenal wrestler. We all love Ibushi. But, like, what's the stuff that, like, gets people really going with Ibushi coming into AEW and that possibility? It's Kenny Omega, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Don Cali stuff, you know, all that heat he's got, he's, def- like, definitely the main, like, heel, main heat. Uh, main heat source in the company who's his main gripe with Kenny Omega like it all, all things yeah. point to Kenny Omega who's the biggest draw when they get to wrestling in a singles match Kenny Omega um, yeah. you know it's just and it's it's funny to bring it up now because MJF was fucking great last night genuinely I don't think he's like fucking I don't think he's tanking the title or anything I just think the show overall would definitely do from having a main protagonist and I think Kenny Omega's in with what's currently going on in the company in position to be that guy, and he has been for a few months now. Um, but yeah, man, it seems like they're maybe going in the opposite direction with like the Dark Order involvement and shit like that. Like the yeah. Ibushi stuff will be great, but um, yeah, man. Uh, of course, uh, again, it's hard to kind of bring this up now. It's probably a weird week for me to bring it up again because MJF was great last night, and what I'm saying involves him dropping the fucking title, you know. And MJ, and again, MJF, he was great last night in the tag. His segments is a lot of fun. 
does this feud with Colden need the title? You know, like, mm. does it really? You know, I think the title would be better served in a feud like Kenny Omega and Takeshita. You know, it would just feel more to it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me. Some people would definitely agree with me because, you know, it's Kenny Omega. You don't have to fight that hard to convince people he should be the world's champion, you know. Um, I've kind of waffled on a bit to kind of get my rant off about this. I think it's kind of a problem with the show fundamentally, you know. Um, I don't know, John. I got me mad. <laughs> no, I, I actually I agree with a lot of it, and I I think the so before I go any further, the BCC Elite feud has been incredible. It's some of the best stuff they've ever done. We're probably at a point now where the show would benefit from the individual parties being involved in individual feuds. I think you see flashes that with with Eddie and Mox and Kenny and Takeshita. You know, it's like once Blood and Guts is done, they don't have to split up as factions. I just mean, you know, the show would benefit from, like, for example, let's assume Mark beats Claudio for the belt and Claudio's freed up. Like, you know, even instead it was a singles hangman Claudio feud, that would have a different kind of punch to it, right? And that's something we talked about for a long time. So I think the best thing to do with Dynamite right now, considering the weird brand split but not a brand split, is let's see how they build from Blood and Guts. If Blood and Guts is purely a setup, a new group, you know, a new faction warfare with the Dark Order, I think that is a mistake. Like, I, yeah. to me, it's like, I want to see Hangman and Kenny be singles and I want to see the Bucks be the tag team. Putting them into another, you know, faction deal with, with the Dark Order is just, it doesn't appeal because it's like, I've just seen them wrestle the Blackpool Combat Club, you know? Like, that's my concern. Um, in terms of the MJF deal, I definitely think there is a fair conversation about like as good as this stuff is, is it necessarily the that of a, a world's champion? I don't know. I, I mean that's an interesting conversation, probably to have another day at this point. But I I don't disagree. I mean, we've we've talked about Kenny being the champ before. He's the guy who has the most there's a certain prestige to that guy, you know. And when he makes his way out, there's a certain sense that he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And it's special and if nothing else, I would like to see him kind of targeting the belt, you know? I know he's tied up in this feud, but, like, he lost that belt and was gone for so long, and he has never referenced it again. And it's like, he's the number one wrestler in the world. The character Kenny Omega should be saying, give me that belt. Even if the dude himself is like, I don't want that belt again, that, you know, mm-hmm. my body's cool, I'm just picking my spots. Like, it still feels like the character should be chasing it in some way or another. But I, I, don't, don't, know. I don't think they're going to tell that story to Takeshi as, like, maybe a world champion. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say also, we talk about main protagonist. I do think, like, as soon as he gets for the G1, I genuinely think Eddie yeah. may have been a shot of getting that role. Yeah. I mean, like, hopefully. Right. I think the, I think the yeah. show is just dying out for him, whether it's Eddie Kingston, or like, it would be so easy yeah. for instance, so, who doesn't love Eddie Kingston. Kenny Omega, all the reasons I just said. And the MJF babyface run, bro, like, it could be that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think the show overall, whether it's any of those three guys, they just need that, you know. Um, you. My bad, man. I don't want to show up, but like, I want, I want to get this off. Real- oh, I, I thought you were done. I thought you're still talking. My bad, but like, uh, I always talk about like, I like having like all these top guys in like a faction feud and all that. I thought that was always cool, but seeing it in action, especially right now when dynamite is being gutted because of collusion, it just feels like this it's a waste of all the people involved that they mm-hmm. should be doing something like the Bucks should be saving the tag division, Claudio and. And you just should be in the tag division and all that. And I just feel like people like Moxley, Kenny, Takeshita, Eddie Kingston, maybe and Brian when he's healthy, 
just they should be the main characters of the show, Dynamite, because that just feels like what should be happening. See, and then and then I think uh, Adam Cole and MJF should be sprinkled between both. I just I just feel like there's a lot going on, and then I feel like everybody's hurting the show at once. Because if you watch this show, it feels like disjointed, and like there's they have no idea what's going on besides just the main feud. And if you watch Collision, I'm not trying to be like Clyde or whatever, but it just feels like they have. Well. They have. It feels like it has everything from top to bottom. And everybody knows their spot already. It's a lot more focused. Yeah, you know? and the, the pecking order is a lot more clear. It's less. It's less of a cycle from the first three weeks. Of course, we could be getting carried away, and it could be. You know, it could be a mess in three weeks from now. You know, but um, first impressions. You know, you, we're seeing the same characters and the same storylines kind of play out. You know. Um, and you, you know, there's characters that are definitely associated with the show. You know, like Andrade is the singles guy. You know, of course, you've got FTR as a tag, and they're kind of in the feud with um, Body Club Gold, and like the punks involved, and the tournaments going on. And you know, you've got your main characters in that with like your Starks, Samoa Joe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's very like, um, you know, it's very it's focused. You know, they've picked, they've got their group of core guys. This is who we're going to focus on, and this is what we want to aim to achieve with them. You know, whereas Dynamite's more people sorted in and out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that may be why it's less. Um, you know, like I just think it kind of lacks structure in sense. You know, the yeah. show like without because without having a main protagonist, it's hard, bro. Like it is. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself in situations like I touched on earlier with the acclaim. You know, where it's like. I want the acclaimed on the show, but mm-hmm. what am I doing with them? You know what I mean? It's like, it's, um, I don't know. I think maybe it may need Tony Khan kind of like taking a little step outside the bubble for a sec and yeah. kind of like being like, okay, this is how I'm structuring it and this is how I want to do it. It feels like he's kind of in the middle of like, he's doing so much, but it's all, you know, you've got Manny thinking yeah. he's just picking blind eliminators off who he sees in the back on the night, you know, and this is the sort of questions fans will be asking, bro, you know. So. Like, it lacks re- a lot of direction. It lacks a lot of direction right now, which is, like, a little bit worrisome considering they're, like, in seven weeks they've got, like, their biggest stretch of, like, their biggest week of wrestling they've ever had with All In and All Out back to back. So I hope they can get back on track with it. But it's, like, with Dynamite, on a week-to-week basis right now, it kind of feels like he's just throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks, which is, like, not the greatest approach to take when you're almost five years into running the company, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, there's there's a lot, like, that's still good with Dynamite. Dynamite, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy the shows, but there's so much that you can do, to, like, and just tweak a little bit, and it'd be so much better. Like, I don't mm. know, I just feel like people get so defensive when you criticize AEW but if you don't call out what's wrong with it we're just going to end up with another WWE because that's what happened people were so like laid back about it and then bitched about the state that it got into so I don't know that's a bit doom and gloom I don't think it's it's like anywhere near that but it's not where it's where it's where the term drones came from you know what I mean because it started off as just people who would just defend anything WWE and there was the whole like let it play out thing that was like a running joke for so long and this and that and it's like you know you don't and AEW definitely not at that level (laughs) like it's not you know that would definitely be dramatic we're not saying that at all but um well, I think you're yeah. right about the protagonist part because, well, two weeks that Eddie Kingston was back, it really felt like the show was built around him and he felt like the most important person on the show. And then this mm-hmm. week he wasn't there. And the show just felt kind of lifeless, you know? It just felt like 
where's I was like, where's Eddie? The same thing when Jr. got excited when he saw him. And I was just like, where's where's Eddie? I know he I know he won the New Japan Strong Title and all that, but I was just like, I want to own my Dynamite. I want him to like you know make make and look, just listen to the crowd when they react when he comes out. It just feels like he is the star of this show and he should be on here every week and should yeah. be the world champion. So let's do this, guys. Let's get him the world championship, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's good. It's good move. And we'd be, it's the thing, though. It's like he's going into the G1, so it's like there's going to be at least like three, four weeks or however long of no Kingston. And if they are waiting for him to come back to be that main protagonist and he beats Max and it's this amazing feud like we all expect it to be and that, you know, and that sets him up to go and beat Max at Arthur Ashe or whatever, um, you know, that would be incredible. But, you know, there's there's gaps to fill in between then I, and now. So this is kind of selfish of me because I know it's probably been a life dream of him to be a, an IWGP champion or whatever, even if it's a strong stuff. But seeing him be emotional and all that <clears throat> on yesterday and almost it looked like he was crying. Like this is what he waited his whole life to be. And I'm like, part of me feels like, oh fuck. I mean, it kind of just took away from him if he does eventually win the big one. I'm like, this should. I I know I know it's not because it's like I get what you're saying, but trust me, when it happens, yeah. if it happens, you are, if he pins MJF for off Rash Stadium, you're not gonna be like, bro, why did he have to win that Cork and Hall New Japan? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> trust me, if they do that deal, it will be, it will be incredible. I feel like that's like, that feel like that's just like the biggest thing that AEW could do right now is just put that title on him. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think we've got short. That's an eighty-four one. You know, thoughts on Max or WGP World Title? Mm, it, it's awkward because I'd, if he was going to do the world title one in Japan, I'd want him there for a sustained amount of time, not properly. Yeah. And that would mean him not being on Dynamite. And it's like, you He'll know. He'll do it yeah, at some uh, point, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Well, uh, it seems like, if you hear him talk about it, it seems like he wants to be the first guy to be the IWGP champ, he, AEW champ, and WWE champ. Yeah. Whichever of the new uh, Musketeers they pick to be like the, the guy. The first one against Shot being the guy, I should say, he will be so good as the the guy Jean who comes in and like kills them for the belt and they win it back from mm-hmm. him. You know that one of those deals where like yeah, the, the ace rebuilds to reclaim their belt. He would be so great in the opposite role. So mm-hmm. I think I, I, I know I don't think they would tell the story, but imagine if Shooter was the first one to right. do it. Yeah, Mark is the one to do it. Yeah, that's the one that you immediately go to for sure. Darren Walker, fourth pounds. We've seen Roderick Strong in the backstage segments with MJF and Cole. Would you add Roddy to this as we go on? Uh, yeah, we didn't really touch on them, did we? Um, you know, Roddy's obviously sceptical of his friendship and he's letting Adam Cole know uh, how sceptical he is of this. And, of course, his neck's all fucked up in a minute because he was wrote off by Joe. Um, Samoa Joe, that is, not Joe Hall. But, no, um, <laughs> He would never Joe, do this. Joe would do Roddy, you know? yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you add Roddy to this as the weeks go on? Um, bro, I Some... think Joe, you said he got very early in his run, like Roddy versus MJF. Let's do it, baby. You know, let's I do would it. love that. I will say it does feel deliberate, yeah, to have him in two straight week segments involving these guys. Like, I do think something's coming up. I wonder a little bit, and again, folks, guesswork here. I think he may be the guy who makes a, a controversial choice in this whole thing. I think, I think he may resent some of Cole's, you know, kind of. Uh, so it's the way Cole was speaking to him in terms of like, you know, looking after those little kid because Roddy was there with a neck brace saying he felt great, which was felt like the most accurate depiction of Roddy yet. Um, 
I think Roddy may may turn heel in this deal, to be totally honest. He's yeah. I think everyone knows Roddy is like most unleashed as a heel, right? So keep your eye on it. That's what I'll say. Keep an eye on it, folks. We shall see. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, we we you know, we've been very open. We just want more Roddy anywhere we can get it, you know. So if we get any air. Fuck it, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Willow 499. Going from Julia versus Willow in the AM to Britt Baker versus Ruby at night was certainly something. This women's <laughs> division needs a hard reset, but Tony never pivots. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, the women's divisions, uh, you know, like, the outcasts have found the feet. And like, they're not terrible TV. Like, when In most cases, I know like, the Ruby-Britt match was, you know, not the best this week, but in the general sense, the past you right. know month or so, like, they've been they've been very solid. The outcast has, but like, outside of that, no. Well, it's just like that's the main feud of the division has been all year, and it's like mm-hmm. there is no you know? at this point there is no really? feud. It's just like they're just trading matches back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's summon. Yeah, Shotan Spurs five dollars. I remember when Uno Bledlock stuck pig for the love of the game against Max and Drew a million. Fickle, fickle, I would say. I mean, that wasn't... If that was... I mean, if that's your thing, bro, that's your thing, you know? Um, Jan Theodore, $2 Canadian. Appreciate you. Considering the timing, Kota versus Kenny and Wembley is in play. I mean, you know, that's... uh, I don't think any fan of either wrestler would turn that down. You know, um, it looks like we're heading towards like 80,000 plus in the stadium. Yeah. You know, the idea of, you know, Kenny and Kenny and Kota, of course, their stories have been so intertwined like, the whole careers pretty much. And it's like, as Joe said earlier, you can't tell one story, one person's story without mentioning the other at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they've been away from each other for a hot minute now. So for them to like be able to do the dance on a stage like that would be very special to you know Golden Lovers fans, or Mega fans, Ibushi fans, uh, Law fans. You know um, that would be great stuff, man. That would be great. Um, I'm all for it. Can I go back to that other super chat real quick? I can't pull it up, but you can talk about it. <laughs> when you're in there, Moxie, Moxie makes you look like a fucking dog. Look what he did to Preston Vance, bro. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Once a shitter, always a shitter, bro. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> like, <I> just... <laughs> man, he finally fired back. He collected his faults. He said, "Let me hold up a second. Let me go on back." <laughs> Good job, man. Short time Spurs, five dollars. All right, where's the wake after the AEW? <laughs> I hope, yeah, I hope he's doing a bit because he sounds like one of those AEW fans who like cries and says that everyone's saying mm. that AEW is dead whenever it gets criticised. And that's not cool, bro. Not, you know? <laughs> we like to have, like, you know, we have, like, uh, open conversations without mm-hmm. that kind of getting into it, you know? Where you can, like... Charlie said it, you know, like, anytime anyone criticises AEW, some people start having fucking panic attacks and shit, you know? Like, <laughs> it's... Um, and if we don't criticize it, we just end up fucking pretending that we love everything for the sake of podcasting, you know. Um, but yeah, um, Dynamite man could do with could do with some proper protagonists, you know. Yeah. So they've got. I think they've got. They've got people. They've got people in line to be. You know, we've talked about many of them. You know. Um, there's definitely paths that they can take to get to it as well, man. So um. 
It'll be interesting to see if and who they choose to be that person over the next yeah. few months because, uh, you know, everyone's been talking about AEW having a super hot summer and Forbidden Door was definitely a success in that sense, you know. Um, it drew really well, etc., etc. Um, it was a great show. But, you know, in terms of, like, week to week, it doesn't feel like that hot summer that we all envisioned a few months ago when we was talking about, like, AEW's hot summer that's coming up. So, um, of course, the main part of it, you'd assume it's going to be, like, that big week that they've got with, you know, uh, All Out and Wembley. But that's the that's mm-hmm. the cherry on the top. Look, I know they're doing half rush not too long after and stuff, but that's, that's the big one, you know, like, that's the yeah. big week. So, um, we talked about the build. Like last week or whenever it was about how they're going to build to these two shows and how are they going to like balance it out? How are they going to build the cards? Like is one card going to be like collision heavy and the dynamite guys having like tag matching and stuff on below? Are they going to split the shows sort of separately by the brand? Like, like what are they going to do with it? Yeah. Interesting times ahead. Um, yeah, man. Uh, anyone got anything else you want to talk about? Any other subjects from dynamite? Anything? Anything at all, fellas. I think we probably covered it for the week. Go on, man. What was you going to say, mate? I was going to say, just don't watch Astro World City. It wasn't very good. Bro, we're not doing this on the air. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> so, I would say we've, we've covered it this week, but certainly the, the big topic of how they get to these shows, I think it's going to be interesting to track because I don't think any solution is perfect for that situation. It's going to be very, very challenging because... Yeah you would assume, or it certainly seems as though, the second of those shows is going to be the pay-per-view, right? Which, in many ways, you feel like it's going to be the the, the smaller show just naturally because Wembley Stadium is so special. So it's like that balancing out is going to be really, really interesting. So that will be the big thing to watch. I think we're in the very early stages thus far. far, And, uh, yeah, I like the show overall. I definitely think there's a point to what you said about the the main protagonist, and especially with King going to the G1, because it looked like he was going, he was threatening to fill that role. So yeah. we'll see what happens over the next uh, month or so. Hundred uh, percent. Big things there, then. Um, of course, on that note, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Everyone, like the video if you haven't liked it already, and you subscribed or you logged into your YouTube account or whatever it is that you need to do. Hit that like button. Hit that like button. Hit that like button. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, also, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, if you've been with us for the past two hours plus and you're not subscribed, I would question what you're doing on a uh, Thursday evening, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, of course, uh, if you're a new viewer, we appreciate you as well. And thanks for joining us. We appreciate all the Super Chats, of course, uh, as always. Uh, please turn on our post notifications. And we will be back tomorrow with on Puris, I believe, uh, I think they'll be going up at about six six thirty Eastern, maybe. I've not uh, not hundred percent confirmed with them yet, but it'll be around that time. And again, thanks for watching, and we'll catch you tomorrow with on Puris. Um, actually, quick plug: yes. the Usos, <laughs> Usos video tomorrow twelve Eastern. Uh, how the Usos became WrestleMania main eventers. Very interesting look at their story from when they first came into AEW. No. <laughs> When they first came into WWE, Almost, and, yeah. uh, you know where they came from <laughs> on that run, basically, you know, um, mm-hmm. things they looked very different when they first came up, and then they looked very different again, and then they, you know, now we've got the current version of the Usos, and uh, it's been a journey, you know, they've been around for 
13 years, man. Like, um, it doesn't feel that long. I don't it's know. It's crazy. It's crazy. 13 I'm... years. It's, you know, I and... was there Monday, 20, 2018. WrestleMania 34, New Orleans. Had a Usos cap on and T-shirt. I was there in the building. Finally, the Usos made the main card of WrestleMania after eight years on the, on the main roster. And they were beaten in around four minutes by the Bludgeon Brothers. They, they and the New Day were just absolutely squashed by the Bludgeon Brothers, which love Harper and Rowan, but that was crazy at the time and always will be. But I can honestly say as I walked out of the building that night with the rain pouring down and me wondering if I still like wrestling, I, didn't, I never thought I would see the day where they closed one of those shows. So it tracks that story. As I said yesterday, I did the hard time yesterday, but once again, I want to reiterate it. I think... As much as anything else, I think it's a pretty fun look at the WWE tag division. You know, like I think yeah, you get a good idea of yeah of that because that has been quite the division. And there are some names that come up that I'm almost certain if when you watch this video, there'll be at least one tag team that comes up along the way that you go, wait, what? when? When? One makes an appearance in the video. He so. does. Yeah, he does, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, there are some amazing teams in those many mania matches they had. So if you do, uh, if you're interested. Please do join us. I'm, I'm going to try to be there for the premiere. It's always fun to watch folks watching it live. So, yeah. tomorrow. 12 noon Eastern, tomorrow, uh, 5 p.m. UK time, and whatever time that is, wherever you are in the world, hopefully you will be joining us for the premiere of the How the Usos Became WrestleMania main eventers. And uh, on that note, we'll bid you farewell. One last plug. Please like, subscribe. Appreciate the super chats, turn on post notifications, and we will see you, Manny. The collision watch along. Yeah, we're doing a collision watch along, but that's not tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a Twitch watch along on uh, for collision, so yeah, there's that as well. And on that note, thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time.